This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. All right. Here we are again on Line Dance Podcast. Who is this that's sitting to my left in the driver's seat? It's Megan. All right. And of course, this is Christopher Gonzalez. We are reading from the 100 Simple Secrets of Happy People by David Niven, Ph.D., one week after reading from the first 30 simple secrets. We are now ready to dive in to number 31. If you can't reach your goals, your goals will hurt you. That's interesting. People who cannot attain their goals become consumed with disappointment. You must let your goals evolve with your life circumstances. Update your goals over time as you consider your changing priorities and resources. How does this relate to line dance? Well, perfect example is our uh, list of dances that we're trying to learn as quickly as we can before Vegas. Yep. Um, and I feel like every couple of days, I know I personally, but I'm pretty sure we've had the conversation, go through and reevaluate which ones are left mm-hmm. as to which priority I have to learn mm-hmm. so that on the off chance I can't learn all of them, which is a goal to learn all of them, then at least I can make sure that I learn the ones that were the most important to me, which would be a good example of how to evolve a goal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even as we make progress in learning one or two, suddenly there will be new uploads. Yes. Like Meteorite and Schoolyard King. And now... We have two more added to the list yep. while we're crossing other ones off. So that that can make the ultimate goal um, change slightly. There's a, there's a saying, if at first you don't succeed, redefine success. Oh. Yeah. I, I like haven't that. heard that one, but I like it. Yeah. So yeah, the, the topic again, let me just take another look at what it said specifically. If you can't reach your goals, your goals will hurt you. It's, it's another one of those things also like um, in considering what you think will make you happy um, and, and maybe thinking to yourself, I can't be happy until this is one of those goals that kind of, or this is one of those secrets that sort of reminds you to stay grateful and present because even if what you are getting is not what you thought you were aiming for, it's still probably pretty darn good. Like, like we were saying last week with the aim for the moon, end up in the stars, that whole thing. That's Um, exactly what I was about to say. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, you're, there's another saying that, uh, you hear a lot in graduation speeches, like may your, um, your reach always exceed your grasp or something like that. Vice versa. I don't know. One of those two. The idea is that you should always be reaching for something that's just beyond what you're able to get because it'll keep you growing. And if you think that you're not achieving your goals because you you didn't get the number of things that you needed by a certain age, like, oh, I'm not an instructor by the age of 35 or 40 or I don't have a number one thing on copper knob after three years of this or that or whatever your particular goal might be you might have made a lot of friends along the way and learned a bunch of dances and seen a lot of states and countries you never thought you were going to Yeah. 
So it's a, it's a good opportunity to sort of evaluate what you do have and what you have accomplished, even when what you wrote down on paper as being your goal does not come to pass by a certain amount of time. Yeah. You might even end up with something better. True, very true. Number 32. Oh, gosh, this one's going to be a stretch. Exercise? Um, <laughs> people who exercise, whether that involves an intense workout or just a regular long walk, feel healthier, feel healthier, feel better about themselves, and enjoy life more. Oh, that one's a tough one. However, am I going to relate exercise to dancing? Yeah, I, mean, I usually think about like lifting weights. <laughs> Now I gotta like lift weights while dancing, just so I can get exercise in there somehow. Maybe doing a little bit of hiking. No, but in all honesty, you know, getting out on that floor and and dancing is totally therapeutic for me. I feel a million times better every time I have one of those just really solid long nights of dancing where I've. I've maybe stepped off the floor three times and I know that makes me happy mm-hmm. in general so being out there and just because first of all you're out there you're having fun great music great dances great people um, but then you have the whole biological aspect of it too so I mean it is it is in itself exercise so mm-hmm. There is a channel, let me see if I can get the exact name right on it. There's a channel on YouTube that posted an interview, Fun Living Toronto, there it is. Um, they, they posted an interview with Ira Weisberg recently, and he mentioned that he wears a Fitbit and it counts his steps while he's dancing. And uh, I, th- yeah. I think he cited the, the number like 12,000 or something as one of the, the figures from One Day of Dancing that he's gotten. I also know that somebody in the Bay Area, Mylene, I think there was a day when they had a workshop down at Broken Spoke Western Saloon. Might have been either there or Saddle Rack, I'm not sure which one it was. Uh, Probably Broken Spoke. And it was so many hours of dancing that I think she got up to about 20,000. So there's... What's funny about that is... Quantifiable exercise. Yeah, I used to wear my Fitbit dancing and then at, at that point I was like, okay, there's really no reason for me to wear this when I'm hitting between 18,000 steps and 22,000 steps in an average night of dancing. Yep. So I'm like, I already know I'm going to meet my goal, so yeah. Yep. Alright. Moving right along. Number 33. Little things have big meanings. Tiny things. The tone of your voice. The exact words you use as you go through or- otherwise ordinary events communicate volumes. One thing that I can think of off the top of my head that relates um, with subtlety and nuance is that you don't always have to do a big sweeping thing in the music uh, or in the in the course of a song if maybe just a tiny little pop with like the turn of your head can also express something strong there. And that's yeah. one of the things I've noticed with the tiny little movements that like for example Roy is able to make when he does like robot things I don't have that kind of fine-tuned muscle control quite yet but it's definitely something that I would like to develop more because there are little things you can do in a dance almost imperceptible that say more than just like uh, hurling your body in every which direction well, and uh, another 
thing that came to mind kind of along those same lines too is um, with variations you know you don't always have to do that big spit you can do just a simple walk walk Mm -hmm. and sometimes being the only person that's doing the walk walks makes that much more of a difference or an impact as opposed to the giant spin now obviously spins are fun (laughs) but sometimes the lack of flash is actually a bigger statement Mm -hmm. Um, as well as um, along the lines of like what you say Mm -hmm. being encouraging of other dancers is huge Mm -hmm. which I know I've personally had a lot of positive experience with line dancing and people encouraging me to get out there and try dances or even try variations or yeah you know it happens to the best of us we all forget that step don't worry about it. You're good. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's that, fine. That You'll restart. Get it next. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, so having that positive thing to say to someone to encourage them is definitely one of the things I've personally experienced with line dancing, which, of course, makes it a more welcoming and fun environment. In instruction as well, sometimes you will feel like you're kind of getting lost when you're being taught and you don't know why your weight is not ending up in the right place but things just keep going forward as the instructor if you can just give the the little your weight is here when this happens note uh, for little things like or if for example when we were doing uh, when we were learning fragile earlier today and trying to figure out how the leg goes like swung behind you over the course of one count is it is it a sideways like a lateral swinging motion in which case it feels like it would just keep going or as we found out from you know watching the video um it might be more of a down and up like a vertical swing in which case it can just swing back down toward the ground when it's all happening in one count you don't really know what's going on and if you were just taking a lesson where you had to keep going that might be missed and you just kind of have to make it happen however you make it happen but a tiny little note where it's explicitly stated do the turn then swing your leg that little thing can help you keep your flow for the rest of the dance and not throw you off yeah so yeah as an instructor it can help knowing all the tiny little places where somebody might get tripped up and then just draw attention to those give them a shortcut give them a a tool uh, to help them and then move on yeah, absolutely. And I guess even with choreography, uh, little things have big meanings. Uh, lay low, the finger snaps, those, the tag with the four yes. snaps going down for uh, the raindrops falling. Yes. It's so small, you don't have any footwork in that moment. You're just held, and all you're doing is snapping. But with the music and with the mood of the song, it's so perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Number 34, it's not what happened, it's how you think about what happened. There's no objective way to tell you if you have had a good life, a good day, or a good hour. Your life is a success based only upon your judgment. I didn't win the choreography competition in Chicago, I'll tell you that. I had a great time doing it. Um, I I went out there with really 
sharing Colleen's music at the top of my mind. First competition, really didn't expect that that I was gonna, you know, come home with any any kind of first place or even second necessarily. But if I had gone into it thinking like I need to win this or life is over, then I probably would have felt like I really failed and that it was like some big waste of time or something. But that's not really how I thought about the experience. Mostly I was there to enjoy the event and then the choreography competition was the thing that was offered there as well so I decided to do that and I had a great time supporting Jono and Daniel uh, whose sessions in the competition were right before mine and then they demoed the dance that I entered when when you know the time came for me to do mine like it was all just such a great experience that thinking about it in that way made everything just seem lovely okay yeah and also uh, I guess if you if you're on the level of like individual dances just going out to a club and if, if you have in mind that I need to get this perfect because I need to you know, show people that I know this dance like and then you miss something you're gonna feel like a, a, a fool but if you are just playing with it and you're like oh man I love this song and um, you just kind of stay present and, and whatever happens happens then the song ends and you know you're like wow that was great you move on with life and you're not like dwelling on it it's how you think about what it is that you're doing yeah absolutely um I know when I first started dancing I was definitely worried about getting it right every time mm-hmm. and as I was out there and if I miss something I get really really frustrated I would start to ask myself, why do I need to have it right? Why can't I just be present, enjoy the moment, learn something new, and, you know, understand that mistakes happen. And it's all part of the learning thing. Um, and after that, I kind of started to let go a little bit. Every once in a while, you know, learning a new dance, I can still get frustrated. <laughs> when I'm like not understanding why I can't grasp a concept but ultimately it also kind of adds into that when you do get it it's such a amazing feeling so to not necessarily focus on the struggle but the completion or the overcoming of the obstacle is a big thing um I know a lot of things for me that kind of in life in general and line dance has definitely helped to broaden my belief in this, uh, which I actually, you're probably familiar with, is the why look to the past when so much good is ahead of you. And so I kind of take things as a, they were meant to happen, they happened for a reason, what can you learn from them? What can you grow from them and take from them and just better yourself and have more fun the next time or, um, you know, enjoying that particular lesson, even if it was a hard one, um, because there is something good in everything. So, and I know the courage to get past beating myself up has definitely come from line dancing for me. Mm-hmm. 
referring to what you were mentioning about looking back versus forward, there's uh, another parallel I've heard with driving and how your mirrors, like especially your rear view mirror, is smaller than the view out your windshield because it can be helpful to see what was behind you, but ultimately you are trying to get somewhere ahead of you. Yeah. And it's better to have a wide open view of that if that's what you're aiming for. Also, uh, the size of events. You can kind of go either way on that depending on how you think about it. If it's small, if you, if you get a, a smaller turnout than you were expecting, you can think, oh, what a cozy, intimate setting with just you know us and our friends. We were able to kind of mess with the dances more, not worry that you know we were tripping anybody else up. Um, yeah, no or if, wasting valuable time going over something in detail, maybe. And um, if it's you and people you don't know, if it isn't a cozy intimate sitting with people that uh, that you already know, but it's maybe a few beginners in yourself, then maybe you're able to help them out a little bit more in a way that you couldn't if there were a lot of people around you. Um, and then even if there are a lot of people around you, let's say it goes the other way and you think, man, this place is packed, and the, the idea might it might be tempting to think to yourself like, oh, I can't request these dances because so many people are here who don't know that dance. It would be wasting their time. But you might also think, aha, a lot of these people might never have seen line dance before. Here we are on a packed night like this. It's great to know line dance is doing well. We're exposing more people to it. This could be their gateway drug, this electric slide, this Cupid shuffle, this copperhead. You know, this could be the thing that sets them on their journey. Yeah. So depending on how you think about it, either the small or the, the big turnout is a good thing. Number 35, develop some common interests with loved ones. Common interests can make it more fun to be around your family and friends. They can allow you to see that your bonds are much deeper than just circumstance. Wow, line dance is a family. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Um, I've built some amazing relationships on this shared interest. I would definitely say you and I would be one of them. Mm. Um, we're going to go meet Keith and, you know, Lacey out at Stoney's. Mm -hmm. um, as well as on a much more specific and literal version of family. Um, you know, my mom wants to learn. Mm. And so she's asked me to teach her. And so I've taught her a couple little basic things. And, you know, I'm slowly but surely getting her there and she's come out a couple times um, in the past and it's something that we can share together hmm. and something that brings both of us you know fun and joy and a bonding moment too mm -hmm. so yeah, I'm trying to think if there are any people who were previously existing loved ones that I have then brought into Lion Dance as opposed to people I met through Lion Dance who then became loved ones, which is more common in my in my experience. I suppose if you go back far enough, then originally we got Keith into line dance because we already knew him through him dating somebody who knew a friend of ours who I met at Kodiak's. So he, he wasn't really exposed to it yet, but we kept hanging out with him, and then eventually we brought him to it, okay. as I recall. 
it's a few years ago now. I think about it, it's about four years ago. So I should I should ask him what yeah. his initial impressions were on his his line dance story. Definitely. Um, oh, I had a thought and I ran away. Um, oh, I was going to say how because of how much joy and happiness and passion line dance has brought into my life it's actually something I can share with my family too um, you know my uncles and my uh, my grandpa they've been asking me lately you know when you go in line dancing again and I'm like well tonight <laughs> you know tomorrow <laughs> the next day they've, they're really excited to hear about everything that happens in Vegas and it used to not I used to not have that bond with them they don't specifically line dance, but because they have something that they know I'm so happy with in my life, it opens them up because, you know, you like to brag. People like to brag and boast about things that they're really into. They want to share it with everyone that matters to them because they love it so much. It's why fandoms are so big. Um, and so, of course, they know that that's an easy topic to ask me about that can build a basis. Um, I also remember having several conversations with you about how every once in a while you'll catch yourself, okay, well, what if I thought of this person as another line dancer? Mm. Would I afford them the same leeway if that was the case? Like if they cut me off in traffic or something. Exactly. So, that's definitely another way to add to the relation of loved ones and even just strangers in general. Number 36. Laugh. Don't spend your time put a little more light on this. Uh, don't spend your time evaluating humor, asking yourself, is it really funny or do others think it's funny? Just react and enjoy it. That completely goes for dances where maybe they're a little, they, they might seem like Okay, um, one example I can think of, You're So Beautiful, the part where you do the up-down, up-down with the hands. Yes. It's so unconventional for a dance, but it's so much fun when, like, everybody's doing it together. You don't question it. You don't think, like, oh, is this a little... No, you're just like, yeah, get into it. <laughs> and uh, skiffle time. You know, the, people have gotten so far from country in the circuit that you wouldn't expect this, like... Like, you don't expect to hear that kind of music being played on a circuit dance floor and yet it's so much fun to do it's just like it's so rootsy you know so yeah sometimes you just have to enjoy it and not think like is this the appropriate time or place for this kind of movement or this this song if you like it just give yourself permission to like it well yeah I mean, I have a perfect example of, uh, with going ham. Mm. Um, we've gotten to the point where there's like four or five of us during certain moves where normally it's a clap by yourself or a stop, however you want to emphasize that point. And like, we'll all get into like almost like a circle or a square and we'll basically essentially slap each other's hands or, you know, we'll jump up and down instead of doing the actual movement or, and it's all just, it's all just in fun and it's made a good dance even more enjoyable mm. 
um, because we're not thinking about who's looking at us or is this the appropriate movement. We're just there, present, having fun, laughing, being silly, goofing off, and, you know, enjoying the moment. Mm-hmm. Number 37, don't let your entire life hinge on one element. Your life is made up of so many different facets. Don't focus on one aspect of your life so much that you can't experience pleasure if that one area is unsettled. It can become all you think about and it can deaden your enjoyment of everything else, things you would otherwise love. Wow, I know my own personal experience specifically related to line dance. Mm-hmm. And um, how there was a while there where, um, because it became so routine and almost to the point of stagnant for me personally, Mm -hmm. um, with where I was and what I was doing and what I was involved with at the time, and I was like, okay, there's got to be more. There's got to be more than this. There's got to be more than this one place that I know of. Um, There's got to be more people out there that know more things, that can teach me, and I can basically be a little fish in a big pond again. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I started seeking out other things, and that's when I started, you know, learning about Stonies and the grad and you know, LA and the circuit. And I've met all these amazing people that have just totally enriched my life because I decided that I wasn't just going to let it die basically. Um, and because of that, because I found that revitalizing energy, it's then allowed me to explore more with my work life too, my career and everything. I'm able to communicate better and try to find other answers that aren't, you know, the ones that are clearly not working. So, I don't know. What came to mind for me initially was maintaining the balance between line dance itself and other other things that interest me outside of it. Um, and how sometimes I need cool down periods because if I do a lot of consecutive things like a, you know a road trip followed by a social followed by a night at Stoney's followed by a you know, line dance at Sonoma State like sometimes especially if I, I document a lot of it sometimes I feel overexposed like I exist too much out there and I don't feel like there's enough that I'm holding back that's just special for me and sometimes it's nice to pull back when, when it's you know when, when I have no responsibilities to others like I, I would never miss like a, a lesson at line dance club just cause you know feeling feeling that feeling um if it's only on whether I am deciding to go out on that weekend or not I like to know that I as much as I do enjoy it I have, it's not, it's not an addiction in the sense that I don't control what it is that I'm doing. I, I wouldn't want to feel obligated to go out on a night that I'm not 100% feeling it just because, oh, I'm that line dance guy. I'd better go out because people are expecting it. Yeah. Like, I, I want to know that it's still a it's choice. It's a choice, yeah. yeah. And 
that is a good time for me to maybe look into the songs that I've been doing in my my senior living sets when I'm you know, playing during the week, which is like mostly what I do during the week. I will go through a bunch of songs and then think, hmm, I've been doing the same ones for a while. Maybe I need to look at some, some new songs to add to the set. And that's a good time to do that. Or look up a bunch of science videos on you know, the death of the universe or whatever, whatever comes up. Um, sometimes it's nice just to go exploring on, on the internet or in books and, and see what I've been missing that I didn't know I was missing because I was in very much dance mode. And then during this sort of rebuilding, refueling the tank period, I have so much more to bring back to line dance when it comes time and I'm like bursting at the seams, you know, feeling like I need to get back out on that floor. I am more informed about other things in the world and that might influence my choice of expression so that I don't become stagnant there. I understand exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the other night I was like, I really should learn these dances. I should, I should. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a break. I've learned so many dances. I'm going to have a night for just me. I'm going to take a moment. I'm going to watch an episode on Netflix, one of my favorite TV shows, enjoy that. I'm going to make some dinner. Um, I even got out like um, some craft stuff just to kind of get into that moment and kind of just recharge myself as well. I read a couple books, um, very, very short books, but (laughs) um, yeah, so sometimes it is important to uh, put the dance shoes away for the night. Mm Yeah, it gives you a chance to miss it. You enjoy it that much more when you come back. Number 38, share of yourself. Don't hold inside your feelings, your thoughts, your hopes. Share them with your friends and family. People who hold things inside tend to feel isolated, believing that others do not understand them. Those who share feel both supported and more content, even if events do not go exactly as they wish. Styling and variations come to mind for me. If there is something uniquely you that you feel needs to come out and you you understand maybe the need for a couple balls of vanilla just so you don't scare people who've never seen the dance before, after that point, you don't need to just think about who's watching you for their sake so that they don't get lost. Maybe on the back wall when they're not looking, that's a great time to just do what's you and then that'll that'll potentially be something that encourages a person who does see you to bring themselves out and what's what's unique to them. Well, yeah, that's a good a good thought on that one. Mm. Um Another thing is, like I was saying earlier, people like to talk about what makes them happy. And, I mean, all of us, from what I've understood from any conversation or even podcast or anything like that, um, most of us got into it because somebody else shared it with us. Or we got others into it because we shared it with them. Um, And that's something that can not only obviously build the general foundation but it can build the friendships too 
something that you love definitely is a fun and enjoyable site for yourself too. So you're sharing that with them as well. Choreographers. Oh, yeah. They they come from all kinds of different backgrounds when, when they get to the line dance world and if they thought they had to fit some mold and do a specific style of choreography because that's quote like what's popular or what people want then we would be missing out on so much weird stuff that works uh, that comes specifically from where people originated like if you're a hip hop dancer and then you discover line dance bring some of that with you or if you're a ballroom dancer and you know a lot of salsa, then bring some of that. Or if you really have just been line dancing your whole life and and you know a lot about the, the history and roots of that, then maybe you can whip out some stuff that people haven't seen because it was more popular 20 years ago and they just don't know that. Yeah. Uh, then there's like the Catalan style in Europe and uh, all the you know rock and step kind of stuff like in Broken Heart that, uh, that you see in a lot of those dances they can bring that over. You know, everybody has something that that um, that feels right for them and should be expressed if it's honest and if it's if it if it expresses a real emotion for them with that that song then it might seem well I'm the only person who's doing it. I don't know if I'm allowed to go ahead. You know? Yeah. And the people who do resonate with that motion that you've chosen those are the people you're going to want to meet. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, if you ask me, choreography in itself is your sharing yourself 100% because it's how you felt in the song. It's how you thought what moment felt right to you. Mm-hmm. And so that in itself is just, he hears me. Number 39. Busy is better than bored. Find something to do, because the feeling that we have too much to do is more pleasing than the feeling that we have nothing to do. Get out and line dance. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fun hobby. Promise, it's just a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> I have definitely heard, and we've experienced this as well um, during periods of our dance lives, I've heard a lot of folks say that in their area, it's the same dances over and over, and all they do is change out the songs, if that. So, if you're stressed because you have too many dances to learn, because there are so many good ones that you want to pack into your brain and your body, I feel like that would be a, a better problem to have, as they say uh, in, in the chapter description, than having nothing new to learn and just being frustrated, banging your head against the wall with the same old stuff and thinking it's not even worth going out. I know what dances they're going to play. And I've done them a million times. Then the scene dies. Listeners, do you want the scene to die? No. <laughs> Go learn new dances. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And maybe if, if it takes some encouragement with your local dancers and DJs, ask if you can bring those yourself. Take that, that leadership role, if nobody else is doing so, and ask if it's okay to teach like a guest lesson to the best of your ability because you saw something online and you want to bring it and just shake things up a little and see what happens. Maybe people in your area also want to 
add to what's done in that area. Maybe they're content with it, and that's fine. Move out to California. There are a lot of people in Southern California who I'm sure would embrace you in wanting to know new dances and bring them to places. Where you are, if you're stuck there, they don't want to change. That is not your only option. So just, you know, teach some friends on the side, start your own side thing for dancing. If for some reason you do go to said place and they're like, no, we're pretty comfortable with where we're at. Um, that doesn't mean you have to stop there. You can, you know, search YouTube, search Copper Knob, put a bunch together that look good for you and your friends and get together and just, you know, make a night of it. You know, I mean... As I've learned from experience, parking lot does the job mm-hmm. when all you want to do is dance. Mm-hmm. So. And for choreographers out there who just think up dances, entire dances, 32 counts, like on a whim, like they hear a song, be like, oh, here's a dance, and it's not even a challenge for you anymore, and you feel bored by it because the steps just kind of put themselves together. Go out and see what movements are possible with the human body, even if you don't consider them to be dance. If you think you know every step that can be done, there are, I mean, just look at a Guyton Monday dance. Like, there are movements that you, or Fred Whitehouse, like, there are things that your body does that don't seem like dance until you put a count on it. And then it seems like the most natural thing. So if you find that you're, pumping out dances almost mechanically just break your own head open with what's possible and see how many non-dance steps you can put together rhythmically until they just become a dance and then you will have something new to do you'll be busy trying to learn your own dance that you created because there's so much weird stuff in it phrase the heck out of it if you'd like to and make it like one of those zero wall zero count ones where it's all one long thing that 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 could be what you need to to not be bored by it and be overly busy. Well, I know um, today I was searching through a lot of different dance videos, and like most things on uh, YouTube, it's, it has the tons of selection underneath of potentially related things. And I ended up watching this just jaw-dropping belly dancing performance that was just. I, I couldn't even believe the body could move like that. Mm-hmm. And I went, wait a minute, that that could be fun. Mm-hmm. Something like that could be fun in a dance. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's definitely eye-opening when you try and see what the body can do comfortably and safely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shout out real quick to Cat Painter, who is always on the lookout for dancers and maintaining their safety oh, technique yeah. and control in dancing. Just just want to throw that out there. Mm-hmm. Alright, number 40. Satisfaction is relative. Your happiness is relative to a scale you yourself have created. If you measure your satisfaction right now against the two or three greatest moments in your life, you will often be unhappy because those moments can't be duplicated. 
If you measure today's satisfaction against some tough days you've had, you have all the reason in the world to appreciate this moment. I have had moments in dance, at Mavericks actually, um, I think it was the one of the first times that we did the mashup there of 11 dances set to My Songs Know What You Did in the Dark by Fall Out Boy. And like, I think about, when, okay, so when, when you hear about like when your life ends, you know, your life flash, flashes before your eyes and it just comes in like these moments. And I, it, I, if that were to happen to me, there is one moment that stands out from a night that I think Keith was directly behind me. And this was after we had turned toward the wall facing the bar. So I was ahead of him. Like I was standing with my back to his face and we were facing the three o'clock wall. We had both only done the mashup like a certain number of times so that it wasn't completely second nature yet. And there was just this moment when we turned for the new wall and we had to start whatever the next of the 11 dances was. And it was one that I think we were shaking on before. So we were just about to start it. I looked back. I kind of made like a little motion of what I thought like the next dance was. And then he just like gave me this quick nod. Like he, he, he looked a little bit like, yeah, that. And then we just went for it and then it worked out. But there was just that like, that was just one of those peak moments of synchrony in my life where we didn't have to say anything. We both knew exactly what we were communicating and we were able to resolve that confusion all in a split second. And that was just an amazing moment for me. And I have that, that kind of thing hasn't happened to me that I can think of off the top of my head since, but I don't really need it to. I'm just like amazed that that moment happened in my dance life. There have been a lot of other different moments, like different peak moments that I don't think will ever ever happen quite like that again either. Um, but just knowing that I've had them is enough for me to feel blessed. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, tons of amazing things, you know, to look back on. And I use those more as encouraging moments to push me forward mm -hmm. than necessarily comparing where I'm at in this exact moment in time, which of course is pretty dang good headed to dancing. Mm -hmm. um, but as opposed to comparing those to this, you know, highlight reel of my life, I more or less look at it and be like, you know, I'm so blessed already that anything else that comes my way is just, you know, icing on the cake. Um, but it doesn't stop me from, from pursuing more spectacular moments. Um, I'm not one who tends to like to dwell on the negative that has happened in my life. I like to generally be like, you know what? It was a time. I survived it. I learned from it. I grew from it. What's next? Um, it was all a lesson. It was all to get me where I'm at in this moment in time. It was all something that I'm supposed to apply somewhere down the road. Um, and 
sometimes that same lesson actually gets applied three or four different ways. Um, and ultimately, when it comes down to a majority of my good moments and what I want to pursue, it is dance. It's passionate. It's fun. It's happiness. It's exploring more about what I'm able to push myself through. For instance, the outlandish amount of dances we're trying to push our bodies through and our minds and the fact that I'm remembering most of them even in itself is an accomplishment Mm. Um, and so I'm able to look at a lot of things with a smile on my face because of dance Number 40. One. Number 41. <laughs> Learn to use a computer. Whether they are 8 or 98, people who use computers experience the wonders of technology and of the world. I'm going to take a quick moment to take a look at the copyright on this book. Let me find the year. This edition was published in 2001 <laughs> by HarperCollins exclusively for Hallmark Cards Incorporated. That makes a little more sense now. It does, but... It still holds true. Absolutely. Um, YouTube, Copper Knob. Nextlinedance.com. Right? I mean, we were using today to see what was coming up for Motor City uh, Dance Classic. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things. DJ Feed. I'm going to throw that out there. Go ahead. There's so many websites out there that can be accessed from a computer or your phone. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is like a small computer in your pocket. Yeah, exactly. That happens um, to make phone calls as well. <laughs> Ooh, it does, does it? Sometimes. I've heard. <laughs> Rumor has it. I'm from the generation that doesn't, but... <laughs> um, but, you know, it's it's a... Encyclopedia in your pocket. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we get, what, a, a new web page every five seconds, basically. And to not access places like YouTube or Copper Knob or... You know any of the dance sites at all, even just Google. <laughs> um, you know it can be rather limiting. There's so much out there for us to learn. Like I never would have, never would have known these dances had it not been for these sites. So or even venues. I mean, there's that. I mean, how many videos have we posted? of instructional videos and you know it's you just broaden it to electronics in general cameras and whatnot definitely extremely helpful if you learn how to use them and if you're the kind of person who insists you cannot learn from a step sheet because it's too complicated you can't learn from a video because as soon as you turn to face a new wall you're all thrown off if nothing else the computer is a great way to look up where to find lessons in your area. A lot of these classes post maybe physical copies of their flyer in bulletin boards and on and they leave them on tables. If you don't go to that bulletin board and you don't walk past that table, you're not going to know that this exists. They might not have the funds to put in an ad for the phone book or whatever else people used to use. On the internet, it's free. And social media makes it very easy to share an event or a group with all sorts of people for zero cost whatsoever. 
absolutely. And then you never have to worry about what is the person's primary interest when they're creating these events. If they're doing it financially, if they're trying to do it as a business, or if they're just doing it for the love of it, and they're you know, volunteering their, their living room to teach lessons or whatever it might be, if, if it's not a big financial hurdle to get past to create something like this, then you might feel more like it's a labor of love, which very often, in this world especially, it is. Yeah. I don't know of anybody who's become a millionaire <laughs> solely through line dance in the 21st century. So yeah, learn to use a computer. Number 42. Try to think less about the people and things that bother you. There are an infinite number of things you could spend your time thinking about, but many of us concentrate great attention on those things that we find most upsetting. Don't ignore what bothers you, but don't focus on it to the exclusion of the things you enjoy. Be present in the moment. Yep. When you're on that dance floor, that moment will only happen that one time, that one way, mm -hmm. with those people in that venue. Um, and you might miss out on a whole lot more by staring down at your screen or being stuck in your head or worrying about who's staring at you. Um, I've, the last couple times I've gone dancing alone, I've been so in my zone that I've actually done variations to dances that I was like, oh, wait a minute. I didn't even realize I could do that. And it, you know, just kind of happened because I was just in that moment, like, wanting so much from it. So I didn't let it stop me at that point. There's a saying I like that I got from um, a yoga class at Sonoma State a while back. And it's just very simply, focus on your own practice. You don't have to worry about how stretchy somebody else is and how they're able to hold a posture longer than you can. If you just focus on your journey and your path and you don't think about how somebody else is either doing it better or how they're doing it wrong and they need to not do it wrong anymore because you don't like when they do it that way, just focus on you and the things that you're really enjoying about the stretch that you're doing, that will keep you present, will make you happier. And when you're dancing, you won't think that people are judging you because you're not judging other people. When you when you judge other people and you think about how they're doing something you don't like, then you have a clear example of the kind of person who judges other people because you know you're one of them when you do that. If you don't think about that in your own mind, then it might make it harder for you to imagine somebody else doing that to you because you lose the ability to understand the mindset of a judgmental person and it becomes such a strange thing to you when you stop doing it. Very true. Yeah. Also, as far as dances, if there's some dance that comes up and you just, you don't like it, everything passes. Like, even if it seems like it's a dance that they play there every week, like, let's say you don't like Copperhead or something that just, I don't know, it's 
it, it's taking away time from some dance that you would rather be doing because they're playing this dance again or they're playing a repeat. Like, again, maybe focus on something about it that if you don't put in the effort, you won't notice that is good about it. Like, if they play a repeat, well, I didn't do it last time. Maybe I'll get out there this time and just mess with it and just kind of throw my body all over this one, just kind of see what happens. Like when we, what we were saying about stroking last week. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you can get all kinds of unexpected joy from things that you think are negative things happening in your life. So if you're focusing on them as being negative, that's you, you kind of find what you're looking for. If you look at it as oh, yeah. being a possible opportunity for new surprises and then you know, possible gold underneath that level of rock, you might find some actual gold there. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Yep. yep. Number 43, keep your family close. As family members scatter across the country, it becomes easy to forget to include them in your thoughts and in your time. Keep up the contact, share with your family the news of your life. They want to know and you will feel better if your bond is maintained. Couple things on this one. Mm. I've already kind of mentioned it with my grandfather and my uncle and my mom, how I'm able to share dancing with them. Um, and that in itself, we're all over the place. So I'm able to do that. And it keeps us in contact. Um, we use social media as well to see what each other's are up to and everything. Um, very fortunate. But with that said, family doesn't necessarily mean blood to me either. Um, I have a couple friends in a couple different states that they do their dancing, I do my dancing, and we share with each other the different dances we've learned. Um, and, you know, they've brought up a couple things for me and I've brought up a couple things for them or even as close as, um, you know, Sacramento with Lacey. I've said, hey, these are the ones I'm working on right now. What are you working on? Or even, you know, down in L.A. with Elliot and Alex, you know, trying to find out where they're at and what dances they're going over versus where I'm going over. It's definitely a nice, fun way to stay in contact because it is a mutual love. Yeah, it doesn't just have to be some surprise when you show up and then you find out what they've been working on because you didn't stay in contact. If you're communicating all along the way, then maybe you know those dances by the time you show up and you can all do them together. Yeah, exactly. I also used to be a little more self-conscious family-wise about what I shared like on Facebook because there was I mean, and, and I don't know it hasn't happened in a while which is good but there would definitely be times when I would question whether I was doing something that added to the family name or detracted from it because I knew just for my own self like if you just stripped my name off of what I do completely I would enjoy what I was doing and then just not worry about who else it affected. Yeah. But when you grow up as like a Gates student, honor student, AP student, and people start thinking, this guy's going to go into physics, win a Nobel Prize, honor, I don't know, great things for the family. Like, they can be as supportive as 
possible. And they'll tell you like every step of the way, like anything you do that makes you happy, like we'll be there cheering you on. There's still that little bit of doubt in your own mind because of the pressure you put on yourself thinking like I'm an embarrassment. If I go to the family picnic and I tell them all I've been doing this whole time is dancing and singing and stuff like, yeah, I had a great time, but like, I don't know. Are they going to think that's like a bunch of silly time-wasting stuff? Like, I don't know because I, it's a risk you don't want to take. Now, as more time has passed and I've gotten maybe irrevocably deep in it (laughs) and I've only heard positive feedback from pretty much everybody in the family who knows that I, I do this as often as I do and as thoroughly as I do um, now I feel more comfortable so that I can make more posts public and not just like custom lists or friends only lists or any of that stuff like now I feel like yeah this really is something I can stand behind and I don't really worry what anyone thinks about it even if they are in my own family like if they enjoy it uh, in their own lives in some way maybe because they, they like a video or maybe they want to learn a dance that's, I just kind of leave that on them. Hopefully we'll find common ground on that. Um, I really have no family member I can think of with whom I don't have common ground on enjoying the same music and like physical activities. Um, but like hypothetically, you know, I would just kind of let them, let them have that personal issue while I would ideally continue doing what I like and just know that we are family members who enjoy different things. Well said. Thank you. Oh boy. Number 44. Eat some fruit every day. Fruit (laughs) eaters feel good about what they eat, are less interested in eating junk food, and ultimately feel better about themselves. Ask me how many apples I had today. How many apples did you have today? I think it was three. It might have been two, but I think it was three. (laughs) And then in the last 24 hours, I've definitely had some of that fruit on the bottom yogurt. And then if you consider corn a fruit, which kind of it is, I think, because it's a seed surrounded by, like, fleshy, sugary starch. Um, And it's just a lot of seeds that are surrounded by that fruit. Um, Then I I keep canned corn in my my cabinets as well. I eat a lot of fruit and and fruit slash vegetables. Well, and, I mean, my... I mean, you know, I've talked to you about it a couple times now. My theory is, you know, like when you're craving that sweet drink, grab an apple, mm-hmm. grab a strawberry, grab a banana, something that might fill that same sweet sugar that your body is craving, but it's healthier for you than a can of soda. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, your body's the only thing you got. <laughs> Especially for dancing. So if you don't take care of it, <laughs> you're going to have some problems. <laughs> and if you want to go dancing, especially as much as I do, <laughs> um, you definitely need to be aware of what you're doing to your body and adjust accordingly. Um, sleep it's a big one. How you eat, really big. you got to have fuel in order to keep going. So it's definitely important to uh, add to that. And who doesn't like fruit? Yeah, in Chicago at Windy City Line Dance Mania, I was surviving on those fruit cups and then the yogurt with the fruit and granola on top. Mm-hmm. 
watch alert just went off saying that it's 10 o'clock. Yeah, fruit I have found to be a very reliable source of energy for me, especially with a dancer's lifestyle. Oh, yeah. It doesn't weigh me down or make me feel sluggish when I'm about to go dancing. It just kind of peps me up, I guess. And actually, if anything, it just makes me feel normal. Like, I think if I didn't eat it, I would I would notice it more. Uh, but because I do all the time, it just keeps me running at, like, a, a steady, alert, calm pace. No crashes. No manic wildness. Yeah, because you don't have all the extra stuff going in. It's just the natural, what your body wants. Yeah. Number 45, enjoy what you have. People who are satisfied appreciate what they have in life and don't worry about how it compares to what others have. Valuing what you have over what you do or do not or cannot have leads to greater happiness. Right now I'm looking at the table of contents to see where it is that I remember answering something very similar to this. It might have been choose your comparisons wisely. Probably. Yeah. Because it's along those same lines. Oh, and number 22 was pay attention, you may have what you want. Yeah. Hmm. So that's how they got to 100 simple secrets. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely worth repeating. I mean, enjoy, yeah. enjoy what you have. Uh, the dances that you know, uh, you might take them for granted, but whip them out once in a while, and you might find that uh, you discover something new in them that you kind of... Uh, either overlooked before or you just weren't informed enough to know you can do things to um, earlier. Like let's say you learn a dance and you do it to death and then a year later after you've taken a bunch of like salsa and tango, you do that dance again and you find spots where you can insert some variations based on your salsa and tango. So you can enjoy what you already have and just add more of what you have gained since then so that you have that plus the other thing. Definitely. Um, along the same lines, it's it's the, definitely that comparison to look at what you have versus you don't have. Um, there's so much we all don't have. It's really not worth looking at. Um, unless you're going to use it as an inspiring goal. Um, such as, like, you know, I know that there's several people around me that know different dances that I don't know. And I want to know them. So I will seek those individuals out to be like, okay, show me, teach me, help me. Where can I, where can I do this? Um, but the other thing is my path is completely different from everybody else's. I am by far no Rachel. I will never be Rachel because there will only ever be one Rachel, but I am me. And that doesn't mean that what I have in my life is any less valuable. And what I have to offer is any less valuable. Um, I'm just not as far along the path as somebody else. So friendships and the friendships that we have in the community are also something that we have and if we don't appreciate loudly um, and, and vocally to the people who should know that we appreciate them uh, those bonds may fade and 
you might think to yourself, wow, what a great friend I have in such and such person, when actually you haven't talked to them in a really long time, you have no idea how they're doing, and maybe they really did need you this like one period of their life that you thought everything was great because you didn't talk to them, and maybe they consider you less of a friend because like neither of you reached out to the other or something. You know, those kinds of things can be strengthened with a little bit of effort and just basic appreciation communicated to the person. Yeah. I mean, I know just the other day I took just a quick moment. I was like, you know what? I'm so grateful for everything that line dance has brought into my life, the people and, um, you know, the community I'm a part of, um, you know, and I look back and I was looking at my Facebook feed and I was like, wow, there's so much dance between Elliot and you and Camille and Jacqueline and I was like, and Brenda and I was just like, wow, how did I ever get so blessed to have so much wonderful people in my life? Oh wait, line dance. Yeah. <laughs> That's how. Okay, cool. You know, and so like it got to that point where I was just like, you know, I just need to say how grateful I feel for everybody. So, with my own dancing body right now, before it decays into a feeble mess someday, which hopefully will never happen. Maybe I'll Fingers just crossed. yeah, I'll just go down in like a freak elevator accident or something <laughs> at the ripe old age of 130 or something. Uh, I sometimes people ask me. Like, how do you have so much energy? Like, you look like you're enjoying these dances so much. I just remember that anything can happen, and I can end. My everything can end any second. Like, if if I just stayed home and shut myself away from everything that I thought might, you know, run into me or fall on me, I could still just have, like, a stroke. Random aneurysm. You know, something... A tree could fall on your house. A tree could fall on my house. Like, unexpected things could just make me not be anymore. And that would be the end of my dancing. So, when I do a dance, I like it to be a choice. And while I'm doing it, I remember that might be the last time I ever do it. So, if I like this one, I want to give it my all. That's why every time I, I dance, like, I don't... I don't go out there and just half do something while I'm texting. I do the dance. I live the present four minutes like there are no other four minutes in the universe. And uh, that's why it looks that way <laughs> from the outside. Which, yes, definitely. I've uh, taken notes from uh, watching you and it's allowed me to be more present as well, which is definitely inspiring in itself. So, thank you for that. You're welcome. Glad I can help. <laughs> Number 46, think in concrete terms. We need to be able to measure our progress to know that things are improving. You can't accomplish an abstract goal because you'll never be sure if you're finished or not. Make lists. Yep, big old spreadsheets. <laughs> spreadsheets that show how many dances you've learned. And review. And review. And no, and... <laughs> Um, yeah, lots and lots of lists, lots of playlists, lots of videos to learn lists, lots of spreadsheets. Um, very, very tangible way of seeing where you've, you, where you're at in just your learning specific dances. Um, as for broadening it a little bit 
further to, um, you can even go as far as which ones you share with your friends. Mm-hmm. And be like, oh, you know this one? Awesome, let's get out and do it. Versus, oh, you don't know this one? Here, let me take you aside for a few minutes and, and go over the 16 count dance. Mm-hmm. So. When I was touring the country bars as more of a priority last year, trying to learn every dance that, air quotes, was done in <laughs> California, one of the things I would note sometimes was how many people were doing a dance because it's hard to tell sometimes whether a dance really, quote, is done there or if it's just a few people who learned a dance on YouTube, they requested it from the DJ and they played it and that's the only time they've ever played it and they'll never play it there again if they don't show up again and request it. I wanted to know the dances that are done at all the places. So if a statistically insignificant number of dancers were doing it, I would just kind of write, you know, maybe this dance only had two people or this dance had 20 people. And I would put more priority on learning the one with 20 because at the time that was what was important to me was learning the ones that are done and I should know. Yeah, makes sense. So having, having specific numbers helped a lot. Also, I think when you're choreographing a dance, it's important to think in concrete terms so that you're not just fudging a lot of the counts. Like, it's it, it's nice to give people a break at the end of a long sequence and just say, four counts, have fun with it. Sometimes, yes. though, that's a little, little too loose for people when you're doing that in, like, alternating eight counts. So have fun with the first eight counts and then do this for the next eight and then just kind of do what you want on the next eight. Like... Sometimes people need that structure. Oh, yes, true. They need to know what weight they should end on and what wall they're facing. That's why we have step sheets and why teaching people, because you kind of know the dance, can lead to a lot of mutation. And people learning it as a four wall when it's actually a two wall or vice versa. And then they go to another place where they did follow the step sheet and they're very confused. Yes. Yes. So yes, thinking in concrete terms helps with choreography as well. Oh, oh, and also knowing the names of steps when you're teaching. So for instructors, knowing that there are names for steps can help in teaching people what goes where, and you can call it out as that when you're going rhythmically and you're saying walk, walk, triple step. You're not just saying right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left. Like there are actual steps. There's a difference between like walk, walk, triple forward or uh, rock and recover or sailor step. Like those might seem like they're all right, left, right, but they are different things. And knowing what they are called or could potentially be called, even if you have to make up a name for it, will help a lot in communicating what people would be doing during those counts. Because they they can't always face you. And if you just say right, left, right, they might forget what's going on. Number 47, be socially supportive. Take the time to help, comfort, or just be with those you care about when they are in need. You'll feel good about your efforts, and it will bring you an even closer relationship. I feel like I've answered this one a few times. Yeah. Ultimately, because, you know, you 
make the friends in line dancing or you bring your friends into line dancing, um, it's something in which you can share together. And if you're present in the moment, it's something you can both be enriched with as well as, you know, if someone's struggling, it's, you know, and you know the steps, you know, you can definitely be like, yeah, yeah, I can, I can help you if you need help, you know, and it just, you know, deepens the relationship or creates a new one. As any role in the dance community, whether you're an instructor, choreographer, or just um, a dancer, dancing for dance sake, you can share your struggles with people as well. And that might help them feel more encouraged to press on through whatever obstacle they're encountering. Because it might be their first time doing a step sheet and it could seem impossible to them. They don't know, when they enter a competition, they don't know what is going to be judged on. They don't know what way they should teach when they're teaching the judges. But if somebody else has done it a lot of times and they're super comfortable with it, if you compare yourself to where they are then, you might think, well, it just comes easy for them. It's just natural for them. Like They know what they're doing. They always knew what they were doing. No. They all started somewhere, and if it was difficult for them the first time, ask them what their difficulty was and how they got past it. As the person sharing that information, know that it's okay to have had a vulnerable and scary patch in your dance journey, and let the other person know it's normal, and you will get through that you will feel more comfortable the second time through, whether you're teaching a lesson or choreographing a dance or being judged in a competition or trying to dance. Let's say you're just starting out in dance at all and you tell a person, trust me, just do this one Cupid shuffle and ask yourself how you feel afterwards. If you don't feel judged, if you feel a lot more rejuvenated and energized, run with that take that into the next dance you do. I felt that way going out in my sweater vest and dress shoes when I used to dance this dance at this place back in the day. So I know that that's a totally scary feeling, but with time and with knowing that nothing bad really is going to happen to you, you will enjoy it more and develop a deeper love for it than you thought you could have with this field. Yeah, I mean, and even though it might seem insignificant to you, sharing something as small as um, Jono did with me in L.A. the first time we met, like, we were talking about a bunch of different things, and he, he had mentioned how it's interesting to him that sometimes the simplest steps are the hardest steps for him to grasp. And it was like, well, me too. I don't feel quite so alone. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, like when you and I are learning all these gajillions of dances with like upwards of 64 counts, there will be a step where it's like, oh no, I need to cross in front. Even though I want to cross behind, I need to cross in front. And you and I both know, like, yeah, that's a normal thing that we're both experiencing this right now. Yes. So it's not just me with some like broken neuron that doesn't <laughs> want to cooperate. Like, this is a real legit thing and we can support each other in making it more normal to learn it the way it says on the step sheet. Or even, you know, I know that there's been a couple different times for both of us that we see the other person struggling and we'll be like, well, would it help if you maybe jumped more or leaned back a little bit or shifted your weight right before? Or given that we know the other person's style a little bit, 
too, that seeing that struggle, you know, not only are we inclined to offer help, but they're also inclined to think and maybe even apply said opinion just to see if it would work. We're switching sides on the floor because, yeah. you know, one of us might need to follow the other when it changes to that wall. So, Because the other person's got a better grasp of it. Like, you can follow their feet for that wall until it gets back around to the second of the two walls or something. Yes. Yeah. Or more notably... You have one section, I have the other. Right. <laughs> Working together. Also relevant to being socially supportive is when people are in those slumps, they might feel like it's not proper or it's not appropriate to go out and celebrate and dance and enjoy life when they have this real struggle going on that they haven't resolved yet. They're not ready to celebrate yet. So... If you can be with them for that non-dance-related struggle and help them just by listening or maybe by giving advice of whatever kind they ask for, that might let them feel like they've done enough work on that to let it sit and they're not going through it alone, that somebody else is thinking on the problem for them. Now they feel a little less guilty about wanting to go out and dance and enjoy and celebrate and revel. Or even the slight opposite. I know um, between Lacey and I, there's been several situations when one of us had not been having a good day that the other one reached out and was like, come dancing, come dancing. I'll come out tonight if you come out tonight. And that just kind of encouraged the other person to go and enjoy the moment and not focus on this emotional upset, negative, whatever moment struggle that they're going through, it allowed a break in which then I know for me personally, having her encourage me to go out, when I came back home, I felt rejuvenated and like, okay, now I can attack this problem. Because I took a breather, I walked away for a moment, I was with someone I cared about, and I had fun. So now let's figure out how to solve this problem so I don't have it anymore. Number 48, don't blame yourself. When things go poorly, we sometimes start a list of ways we failed, uh, ways we caused the problem. This kind of thinking not only upset, can not only upset us, it can also keep us from being able to function. The truth is that any situation is the result of some things that are in your control and some things that are out of your control. Don't delude yourself into thinking a bad situation is completely of your making. Remember, it makes more sense to deal with outcomes than with fault.
grown as much as I need to at the moment where I'm at that I now need to take a step further. Um, which, yes, that is kind of in my control, but at the same time, it also could just have been my circumstances. And so I pursued other options. Um, other than that, I mean, sometimes a dance movement is just foreign to your body. And it's not anything you're doing wrong. It's just you haven't imprinted it enough. Yep. That would be my other thing. I thought about sticky floors, concrete floors, slippery floors, broken sound systems, um, songs that aren't available on iTunes or Google Play Music. So many ways that your teach or your night of dancing can be derailed that are not entirely your fault. Like, sometimes things happen that, like, how are you going to get... I, there, there's definitely something to be said for preparation, but you can't prepare for everything. Sometimes physics just happens the way it does, and you slip, and you land on your butt, and you need to sit out the rest of the night. And it might not have been because you had poor technique. It might be because somebody spilled beer on the floor. That does happen. It and does, you didn't see it because it blended in with the wood. These these things, they might alter the way our evening goes, but um, if you just think about what you can do with the new altered situation, it might end up being a blessing in disguise. Maybe you get to chat up the person who's sitting next to you now that you're recuperating. Also, if you do a teach and you think that the audience is going to be more receptive to it than it turns out that they are, or maybe they're just a little stuck on it and they don't really want to push on and continue requesting that dance, you might feel like, I wasted their time, I could have been teaching something that they did like, or if it's my choreography, like, oh gosh. They, they think I'm a terrible choreographer because I, I did this dance, but they don't like it. Like, maybe that just wasn't the crowd for it. Maybe you taught a funky dance to people who like nightclub two-steps, or vice versa. Like, there, there are so many people out there in the dance world that not everything's going to be hit with everybody. So if you teach a dance, and it, it's like stand-up comedy, and you know, if the crowd doesn't react the way that you're hoping... It might just not be the crowd for that set. It doesn't mean you need to throw it out completely. That's a good one. Number 49, be a peacemaker. If your friends or family members are upset with one another, you will feel their unhappiness. Try to be the voice of reason and reconciliation. on Facebook and how sometimes in our indirect podcasting way we are able to remind people that we are all together on the floor we are without language and national barrier and whatever it is that you think divides you and the others it will pass it will be irrelevant in 
25 or 50 years or however long it needs to become irrelevant, maybe six months. If you put yourself and the other person against the problem instead of you against the person, then you can actually resolve whatever the conflict is with the goal in mind of you both being happy. Maybe this, for some people, would be in dance requests. If you want to request all these slow things because that's how you're feeling and somebody else is requesting a bunch of fast, peppy things, they are not the problem and you are not the problem. Remember that you're both there to enjoy a lot of aspects of the environment that aren't just dancing that song that you like. Because you can do that in your garage at home. If you really want to do that badly, you can do it in a parking lot. Focus on some of the other things or maybe the other person's happiness when they're doing their song because their song got played and oh, yours hasn't yet. Like, look at how happy they are. Yeah. And maybe live vicariously for that song through their happiness. And remember that when your song comes on, you will get a chance to feel that way as well. If it doesn't come on, there's always another night. They are not the problem. The DJ is not the problem. Your unhappiness might be something that's your responsibility in that in that example. Yeah. Um, with that, it's, it's definitely along the same lines of what you've kind of already covered, but I know if there's some type of rift between me and my girls, um, none of us like when two of us are on ends. So we all kind of be like, hey, let's go out. Let's go, let's go get coffee. Let's go dancing. We're going dancing tonight, right? Let's go dancing. And it kind of allows us that moment to not only be together and face to face, um, that if two of them need to work it out, they can, but also it allows that common ground of enjoyment. We all love dancing. So putting ourselves in that, you know, in that environment also can help to relieve some of the tension. So... Here's sort of an oddball one for the big number five zero as we're approaching our destination at Stoney's Rock and Rodeo in Sacramento for their Halloween bash on Saturday night. Uh, after this question, we will pause and pick back up on our way back home. Number 50 is cherish animals. Animals have so much to teach us about love. The closer we get to animals, the more joy they give us. And the first thing that comes to mind for me is the dance Hold Your Horses, because it's, it's got animals in it, I guess. Um, yeah, go learn Hold Your Horses. Enjoy the, the feeling of holding horses. <laughs> um, yeah, it's definitely a little bit of a stretch. <laughs> um, but I guess, in a way, you can also take what you enjoy about animals and watching them and their movements and mm -hmm. apply it to dance. That has actually come up for me in, um, I've noticed that some of my rock forwards 
Have you ever seen a fox dive in the snow for like a rodent or yes, like a rabbit? Yes, I have, and that is an amazing analogy. It, seeing myself on on video reminds me a little of that. Like at the beginning of Main Attraction, when you're leaping forward into the the forward rock, or in Funk and Feel It, when you have the um, similar motion there after you make the the turn, and then you have the mambos. Yeah, kind of looks a little like a fox diving in the snow. Yeah, I mean, I know several different martial arts were essentially choreographed um, based off animals. So mm-hmm. why couldn't dance be? Right. It's all movement. Yeah, like Crane. Uh, what were we doing today where, it was either today or yesterday, where you bring your right Fragile. foot... Fragile. There it is, okay. It's my, my guess. <laughs> there was one that I remember you do like this big full turn and and you you touch your right foot to your left knee and then you point at the end of it. It might have been one we did yesterday. Oh, my favorite. Yeah. Let me take a look at our list since we have a little bit of time before we get to the front door here. Let's take a look since uh, I've got my Google Keep right here. Let's see what we did yesterday. Uh, it was not... It was not woman. Oh, was it? Was it Fine by Me? It might have been. It might have been. I think there was a part in Fine by Me where you do like this super quick turn, and then you end it with a point, and your knee is up like crane pose in Karate Kid, mm-hmm. except it's out to the side. <laughs> and then there are sometimes when you chug forward or you hop, could remind you of a bunny. Yes. Or when you're leaping, like let's say in Powerade. It might feel like a frog, or a very happy goat, or dog. So yeah, lots to learn from in the animal kingdom, in cherishing animals. Also their energy. Some people have used words like energizer bunny. (laughs) They have. In describing energetic dancers they've seen various events and socials so yeah there's a lot out there to think about for people as we take this break between simple secrets of happy people do you have any thoughts before we pause no actually we've been pretty much on the money if you ask me alright well we will see you after this sound effect sound effect and we're back so we just departed Snowy's Rock and Rodeo their big Halloween bash part two yesterday was part one and we are all set to start number 51 in this book the 100 simple secrets of happy people by David Niven PhD number 51 make your work a calling if you see your work as only a job then it's dragging you away from what you really want to be doing. If you see it as a calling, then it is no longer a toiling sacrifice. Instead, it becomes an expression of you, a part of you. Okay, well, the obvious in that one is choreography and instruction and all that fun stuff. But it's definitely something to be said in loving what you do 
line dancing that I'm looking into that next step. So, it's... When you find your passion, there's no reason to let it go. I don't know, what about you? Well said. Um, yes, my mind also went to the obvious of how can when when it, when there is something that you love so much how can you give back in ways that are needed in that field um, there are folks who are able to do this every weekend not limited to instructors and choreographers but also the DJs they make it all over the world to the very many events that are hosted everywhere and there are even more behind the scenes ways to contribute like event management or website development app creation and whatever your strength is in your tribe in your community if you're creative about it really want to give, you can find some way to solve a problem that the others in your tribe are having. And of course, it's reasonable when you're giving of your time to put you know, a rate or a charge if necessary on it. Uh, even just being open for donations is nice. Because sometimes people do want to give back and, and recognize you for what you've done. So having the opportunity there for them to give in some way, whether it's by you charging or by having donations, uh, that kind of keeps balance in the universe. And then you get to do it all the time and have all your basic needs met. What else could you ask for in life? Number 52, never trade your morals for your goals. People who compromise what they believe in to satisfy their goals wind up dissatisfied with their accomplishments. If you do not believe yourself to be moral, satisfaction is unattainable. Choreography-wise, I could see that as being a question of artistic expression. Like, do I do the thing that... I feel needs to be done even if it seems super weird and complex and maybe no one will actually do this dance or do I go for the surefire pop choreography hit where I have the inside track on some song that's going to be huge and I have an opportunity to teach it at a major event and I'm going to throw in some stomps and claps and maybe a woo spot that's going to be a, you know, a big hit with everybody but for me is not enjoyable to do like not me specifically but the hypothetical choreographer who has that dilemma may question whether they think it's right to just kind of cash in on a formula versus creating something that they think is completely original and has never been seen and might challenge a person in movement ways they've never been challenged before. Yeah, definitely. Um, along with that is, I mean, it's it, for me. I feel like it's almost self-explanatory 
having morals and being true to yourself it's in every aspect of life that it even goes into dancing even just you know having morals being respectful being polite being courteous um you know there's no reason to be rude on the dance floor or anything like that you know um as opposed to well this person is trying to learn but they keep messing up and bumping into me so this is ruining my night because my goal was to get out here and dance as opposed to you know well their goal is the same as my goal so why don't I help them and then we can both enjoy it so also the plain politics thing in the dance world I don't know if this is even a thing maybe it isn't I would love if it weren't Um, I hope it's not but let's say you have an opportunity to teach at an event where the managers or the other instructors there they like to badmouth other managers or other events and you feel pressured into joining in on the whole hate parade just so you can get yourself further in the scene like if you don't jump in and say your piece about why such and such other person is no good maybe you won't get the teaching spot at this guy's event because he's leading the the charge of of meanness if you have to make that choice it's kind of like you know that thing that your parents say where you know if if that if all your parents or not all your friends if all your friends are telling you to do this thing then maybe those kinds of people shouldn't be your friends like those aren't the kind of kids you want to hang out with if they're making you do things that you're not comfortable with you might be better off even if it doesn't seem so at the time you might be better off just not teaching at that event not being associated with that person um, who's doing all this mean stuff because in the long run like I don't know there's there's the idea of karma and then there's just like you were saying you know the, the goal would be for everybody to have a good time, for everybody's event to go well, for everybody's instruction to have, you know, be received well and reach a, a wide audience of people who can be helped by your instruction and abilities. So it shouldn't be, it shouldn't, especially in our community, it shouldn't be ever us versus them, whoever the us is and whoever the them is. And I would strongly um, encourage people to avoid falling into that trap just so you can gain some short-term benefit from it. Yeah. It'll hurt you long-term. I totally agree. Yeah. All right. Next up is number 53. Don't pretend to ignore things your loved ones do that bother you. In the name of being agreeable, some people try to avoid areas that might cause dissension. But with our loved ones, this strategy sometimes makes us uncomfortable. We can feel unappreciated because we have made a sacrifice, but nobody thanks us for it. Sometimes we feel angry because this problem doesn't go away. Raise the subject of your disagreement, but do so lovingly and constructively, not with anger or aggression. Have you had anybody in your dance community, present or past, do anything that bothered you that you weren't sure if you wanted to voice? 
yes and no, but it wasn't necessarily specifically dance related. Oh. Um, it was, yeah, that's a tough, that's a really tough one. Um, I do know I tend to be on that agreeable side. I don't like the conflict because I want everybody to have a good time. But, I mean, I have expressed concerns with friends of mine of, like, stuff they've done or gotten involved with specifically that I've asked them. I was like, well, if you're so upset while you're dancing, why'd you, what's going on, you know, in that more I'm here to listen way than critique way? Um, That's a tough one for me. How about you? If somebody's telling you to tone down the hip movements because they think that other people are going to tease you, let them know nobody's actually teasing you. The only person who's saying anything about it is that person who's telling you to tone it down. They think they're doing you a favor, and they really do have your best interests in mind. But if you don't think it's a problem, then you're okay in letting them know I don't think it's a problem. Let's let's all enjoy this together. <laughs> if I, it makes you uncomfortable, you just need to say that. Yeah. Yeah. There's that. I've definitely been on the receiving end of that kind of information. Uh, and, uh, lack of a better term, criticism. Mm-hmm. When it comes to dance, that's yep. for sure. But I don't know if I've ever felt that way towards someone... I can see it very easily being um, a good example, maybe not necessarily a loved one, but um, I don't remember off the top of my head who it was you were speaking with, but they had mentioned you may want to tone down your stomps to protect your knees. Yeah, I think that was just kind of a general thing. There were a few people telling me that. Well, which is, it's that concern, that advice that can be nice. And as opposed to a negative way that could that information could have been delivered. Right. So that would be, I guess, an example of how to deliver it positively mm-hmm. if you do have a concern. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think it's definitely important if you are one of the loved ones on the sidelines trying to talk to a line dancer about how to do things differently. And if, and if the dancer doesn't know um, how to receive it, if, if they are going to get blindsided by it, then it's a good way to, to lead by saying, um, here's, it's like that sandwich thing. You start by saying, here's a positive thing. I love the way you do this and that. And you know how much I care about you. And I, I see how much fun you have with this. I would love to see you do this you know, forever. Um, here's one thing I've noticed. When you do this movement with your booty, then all these biker guys look like they want to beat you up just thought you should know that I love that you're having fun with it and then you close with something positive and you know then you're like oh wow they really saved me from like a harsh beating later that's so great of them I really appreciate that like that's a positive way to do it I mean I would receive that well I think I might still just take my chances but I mean at least at least I know the person cares about me I can respect that yeah Alright, number 
54. Ooh, this is, oh, I wish we could follow this more. Number 54, get a good night's sleep. <laughs> Don't skimp on sleep. A full night's rest is fuel for the following day. Rested people feel they work better and are more comfortable when the day is over. The, the time for our <laughs> listeners is currently 2.08 a.m. We have a ways to go before we reach Sonoma County. We are passing Milk Farm Road, if anyone wants to do the math on that from Google Maps. I'd say it's at least an hour, maybe. Oh, at least, yeah. if not more. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I think we passed Dixon back there just a little bit ago. Or wait, nope. Dixon City Limit right there. Uh-huh. So, yeah, we got a little ways. No yeah. regrets? Oh, none. Yolo? Carpe diem. Carpe diem. Now, I definitely could benefit from more sleep. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, but my philosophy is I work hard so I can play harder. Yeah. So, I love it too much. Um, I do definitely get my sleep and my cat naps when I can. And there has been times in which, you know, I've alternated drivers because of uh, being tired. Um, one person gets the nap on the way there, the other person gets the nap on the way back. Um, and as uh, Vegas approaches, I'm sure I will be sleeping in. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah, there are some who might say, like, why would you learn these dances online when you have the instructor right there? Like, aren't you paying to learn from the instructors? I mean, part of it, I'm paying to go to open dance. Like, when else am I going to go to a venue that has that many people doing this dance that, like, maybe three of us would know at our local place? Yep. And at the socials, even then, like, sometimes there isn't always... Uh, a slot in the request line for uh, getting one of the older ones in. Like, folks do like to get the new ones um, as soon as they come out and then they enjoy them for a while and then stuff gets rotated out. So, when we discover something from 10 years ago, because that's how new we are to all of this, like, what's the likelihood that's going to get played versus something that came out in the last two months? Right. I mean, people can only get to so many before you know, time is up at the the social so um, having open dance and hours and hours for several days of opportunities to do all these dances with so many people I oh, feel yeah. like that's worth staying awake for even if I miss a couple classes in the morning yeah which of course there will be those one or two that I'm like nope I gotta go learn that lesson from that instructor yep. for sure Especially when it's going to be one of those, like, hour-long teaches because it takes 120 counts. Right. Yeah. Um, for sure. Or even just a... Um, when I was... When we went to L.A., I went and I made sure that I was in Jono's lesson for Get Ugly and Joey's lesson for How I Want Ya, even though I had already known both those dances. Yep. Just because there, there might have been some secret, something, some little tip for trick or something that they, the choreographers, know that I don't. So, there will be a, the occasional dance that I have to go and learn, but uh, yeah, I, I have a feeling sleep will be my 
decide what you like. Don't accumulate possessions for the sake of having a lot of stuff. On the other hand, don't deny yourself something that you really want or need. If you buy things that are important to you, you can appreciate them every day and won't feel the need to fill your home with every item at the mall. Wow. Just in general, I have the rule of if I'm not going to use it right away, I don't need it. Um, and I also have the rule, for instance, when it came to my dance shoes. Yep, that's the first thing that came to mind for me as well. Um, I told myself, I know I need new shoes. I know I need new dance shoes, and I'm looking for kind of this idea. Um, I'm not going to buy the very first pair I see. Unless I cannot stop thinking about them. So... I went to a couple places in Santa Rosa, tried on a couple ones. Of course, I fell in love with the first ones I saw, and I ended up going back and getting them. But that was after I tried on a few other ones, and I couldn't stop thinking about these ones, and I'm so glad I bought them, and I took the time to really make sure that this is what I wanted. Um, and my feet are happy too, <laughs> which is important in dance. Yeah, I'm happy that I have my nice suede bottom shoes finally. And I think after experiencing some of the weird, I don't know what you'd call them, like muscle tension things in the arch of my foot over the past few days with how much dancing we've been doing, I think it might be time to invest in those uh, 300-something dollar ortho inserts that they have um, at Vegas that I've been thinking about since last year in Vegas. Because if I'm going to be thinking about it that much, it'll just free up mental real estate. That's priceless, really. Yes. Yes. Like I said, if I can't stop thinking about it. Yeah. Number. Oh, oh, before I move on. Buy what you like. I think that applies to cover charge at venues as well. Yes. And going to events and venues. Yeah. Like... The socials that, you know, maybe they're the one-day things and, you know, like WWLA, for example. It's not one of the, the huger events, but it was an opportunity. It was in the state. It got us to a lot of the places in SoCal while we were down there. Yes. And... Totally worth it. Yeah. Like, what would we have spent that money on otherwise? Like, if it were just sitting there... We could maybe, like, go to expensive or food places. That's expen not a word. But more expensive food places than, there you, go. you know, eating rice and lentils and all that stuff. Because, like, I, I'm not going to remember, if it's not a special occasion, I'm not going to remember when I bought the food that was 10 or $15 more than something I could have been satisfied with just because... I happened to be at that place. I would rather have the memories and the experiences and friendships of going to these places and that's worth saving for and that's worth spending on. And even if that means the fruit cup I get there is smaller and more expensive than something bigger I could get at Safeway any other time of the year, I know which one's going to keep me fueled during that event. So that's when I'm going to spend that money on the smaller, more expensive thing. And I will skimp on all those delightful medleys of fruit they have 
that I was spending pretty, I don't want to say heavily, but like, um, regularly, liberally oh, yeah, on Liberal over the summer too. before I realized, oh gosh, the money I could have, the money I could have been putting toward events I've been spending on fruit and fruit's great as we mentioned in one of the earlier tips but I can I can get cheaper fruit that isn't all nice and cut up and put in a plastic container and have the leftover saved for things that matter number 56 accomplish something oh gosh accomplish something every day (laughs) sometimes days fly by without anything standing out in your mind without any tangible improvement Every day, make sure, no matter how small the effort, that you do something to make your dreams come true. What do you think? Have we been doing anything? No, not at all. No? <laughs> Just been wasting our time staring yeah, at the walls. Exactly. Nothing. Nothing. No. Um, yeah, it's, once we get to Vegas, I mean, we're going to be so unprepared. Just going to be like, God, that dance? I think I've seen it once or twice, but <laughs> only, only prepared. Only. Yeah, no. Um. I know that I actually genuinely look forward to either reviewing some of the dances that we've we've learned in the last two weeks or even learning a new one almost every single night. It's become my way of de-stressing after work and even essentially dancing until I'm exhausted so I can sleep. Yep. Um, I have all that energy anyways. I could definitely put it towards something positive and productive, having the goals of wanting to learn as much as I can so I can dance as much as I can. Um, It's definitely been nice having that. Oh, we may be soon approaching a pit stop for water. And I will definitely let our listeners know when we do that. Yeah. We're checking the exit names as we read along. You'll have ample time to pause and think about some of the things that we've said <laughs> when we get to that point. What was number 56 again? Oh, right. Everything, something every day. Um, I feel better even if we've only done the basic footwork for it and not gotten to do it full speed because we're in a place where we can't turn the music up loud or we have a thing we need to run off to before we get a chance to do it full speed. Like just having the basic steps somewhere in the brain for the subconscious to work on in between reviews, that still makes me feel better than if I hadn't touched it at all. Oh yeah. And then the next time we go over it, it at least feels familiar and everything comes more quickly. It's not learning and reinventing everything from nothing. It's building. And as we mentioned in one of the previous tips, I've given myself more slack and time to know that it's okay not to know it the first day to not have every step on every wall perfect the first day. It's okay just to let it simmer for a little bit. And then wherever you are tripping up, maybe next time you do it the next day or the day after that, you won't trip up in that spot anymore. And eventually you realize, oh, hey, 
I can think the whole thing when the song's playing in the car. Yeah. That's where I like to get to for all of them. But I know that it won't happen necessarily the first day, and any little bit that I can do is progress. Yeah. Number 57, you can take this literally or figuratively, be flexible. When we want to be with friends and family, we often want it to be on our terms. If everybody approaches relationships this way, no one will be happy. Instead of thinking only about what you want, think about what the others want too, and consider why it is important to spend time together. Accept that there are always differences between people, and that if you are flexible, you will enjoy your time with them more and feel closer to them. And I like all the things that come with that and you know, hanging out afterwards and whatnot. 
some nights there there is the opportunity to either hang out with the cast or go dancing and I remind myself that the venues will always be there and I can have as we've mentioned before lots of fun in a parking lot with a playlist even if it's just a couple of us or even just me in my garage um, or at the rec center at Sonoma State but the cast will cease to be a cast in two months when the show closes so rather than tell everybody how great this thing is that I enjoy doing as often as I can and try to drag them all to it I respect that they have other pastimes like going to a bar or a restaurant after rehearsal and I can enjoy that for what it is as well also with the be flexible um, in a broader sense notion I was thinking about request lists and how it's important to remember that Yes, there are many dances that you like and you would love to do over the course of a night. Other people feel that way about their dances too. So remember that they they will have a great time doing theirs. You hopefully will get one of yours played, as we mentioned earlier. And if you do, then really soak it up, enjoy it, dance the heck out of it. And when something comes on that you didn't request afterwards... No need to raise a stink about it to the DJ or huff and puff about how you hate that song so much. If only they would stop playing it. Because that'll just bring down the person who did request it and is super excited to do it. Yeah. Um, a little bit more on that flexibility, too, is um, I would say along the lines of accepting different people's dance styles. Mm-hmm. And knowing that everybody has a unique gift that allows them that opportunity um, to express themselves and also if you're flexible in knowing that not everybody's going to dance like you that also allows you to appreciate how special your gift is mm-hmm. so. alright brief pause as we stop at Travis Boulevard on the way home to Sonoma County for much needed water following our night of dance pause sound effect miracle and we are back from our pause. We we grabbed some beverages from a rest stop convenience store gas station thing. So we are now feeling more hydrated and refueled and we're ready for number 58. Events are temporary. Bad things happen, but usually we do not feel their effects on us forever. It's really true that time heals wounds. Your disappointments are important and serious, but your distress will pass and your life will take you in new directions. Give yourself some time. Okay. Well, there's definitely...
definitely a lot to be said about that when it comes to, say, mistakes. I thought the same. In dancing, it happens. There really is no reason to dwell on it. Um, You move on, you learn from it, you grow from it, hopefully.
proud of myself when I walk off the floor when I can say I gave that dance my all even if I mess up or even if I miss things or um, if I didn't even uh, being able to be like yeah that felt good that felt good and that's why I came here this you know it's kind of that you know it's not along the lines of like oh I'm the best dancer by any means because I know I'm not (laughs) but it is definitely something to be said where it's okay to congratulate yourself for a good job it's okay to like how you do something especially on the dance floor seeing as it is an expression of yourself Um, it's okay to be proud of those things you're not shallow because you like how you felt during a dance or you think you looked good during a dance I mean if you felt it then it doesn't matter because that's what you need to celebrate so I'd say this applies to choreography as well I've got three three dances in the mashup under my belt at this point and I love all of them in their own way as obscure as they are um, throw down I like that like at least a couple people actually know it which is unusual mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but like I can do that to anything there are so many places in that one where it'll hit somewhere no matter what song is playing that way it's like have fun go mad Mm -hmm. and sugar and gold despite it having such a story to its creation with all the turmoil that happened with like the end of my relationship like the week that it was created um, I still feel really good about the whole process like I was really excited to piece that together little by little when I felt like this needs to go in there I'll find a place for this and the night when it really all came together and I was just there for hours and hours on campus like eight count by eight count sorting out where things needed to happen and when I feel proud of myself for sticking through it like I have these half finished dances like um you know, there, there were some steps that I had set to We Went by Randy Hauser. Mm-hmm. And there was another one. Lose My Mind by Brett Eldridge. I was working on both of those, but I didn't really... Eh, I was like, nobody really needs these dances right now. I can put these off. They'll happen eventually. And then other people came out with dances for them. And with Hand Clap... I heard it, I knew I wanted to do something with it, and I got on it quickly, and I didn't just let it sit for months at a time, and I knew that I was I was capable of doing that. That's what that taught me, was that I could start and finish that whole project in a timely manner, which helped me then later for Shine Anyway, which I entered in uh, Windy City's choreography competition I was able to prepare it in advance 
by listening to the song many times, listening to Dancing in the Rain by Colleen Hauser, which is available on Google Play Music and iTunes, and at ColleenHauser.com. Hi, Colleen. <laughs> uh, I listened to it many, many times, listening for things that I wanted to include. I didn't want it to just be some big last-minute schmurs of steps that kind of fit. I wanted to know that I had time to really let it cook. And then when the day came to finish it and submit it, I was able to find all the right slots for all the, the steps and let it find its own flow to the point where that's another one, like Throwdown, which I had originally set to Small Town Throwdown. It's another one where I feel like I can do that, even though it fits really well to that particular song, Dancing in the Rain. I could see myself doing this to other songs as well. So knowing that I can do this, and maybe I can even do it faster or trust my instincts more quickly, all of that has helped me sort of be a, a bigger fan of my own choreography so that even if no one else does it and I hear a song come on the radio or if I'm like shopping for groceries and I think, oh, Throwdown goes kind of well to this. Like, I'll get to enjoy it. And it's something that I made, which is nice. Yes. It's not just, you know, doing Chill Factor to another song or Sweet Sensation to another song, but it's something I did. I took time on it, and now I can reap the benefits of it just for my own enjoyment. Well, and that's something to be said, too, because, you know, you started out with some of these other ones, and you were like, yeah, no, I'm going to do this one, too. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And now I get to enjoy it. I actually did it this morning. What, what, what did you do this morning? <laughs> Shine anyway. Oh, you. <laughs> Well, that's nice to hear. <laughs> I appreciate that. Number 60, join a group. Okay. Take an inventory of your interests. Chances are, <laughs> there is a group in your area dedicated to your special interest. WineCountryLineDance.com yes. People in groups develop positive personal relationships that tend to make them feel more comfortable around others, less lonely, and more in control of events. Well. Yes. All of the above, yes. I mean, Stoney's grad. Um, I'm assuming for you, club. Line dance club. It's in home state. Yes. Yeah. Um, and absolutely 100% true for Wine Country Line Dance. Com. <laughs> yeah. I mean, absolutely, just amazing people. Amazing memories so far, and even you know, for the last social, in speaking with you know Brenda, we offered up a couple suggestions of dances, and so we got some of the dances we really were looking forward to doing on the list. Yeah. So that was definitely appreciated <laughs> that our input was asked. So. Yeah, man. If anything. Like just matches the definition of line dance. It's join a group. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. 
You really can't have a line without at least one other person. And yeah. that's that's like a small group right there. Exactly. All right, number 61, be positive. Whether you are at home, in the workplace, or among friends, be the person who exudes optimism and you will find it reflected right back at you. So many people that I've seen in the circuit, like upper, if you call them like upper echelons, they are the best at that. Like they will keep you believing that you can finish this lesson, even if you if you think you barely got through like the counts that you have, they're gonna take you to the end with them and you will do it full speed. Like they know that some spots are tricky and they have little mnemonic things that can help you or little sound effects that they can make to lighten the tension or maybe little mini stories they have of when they first did it, if it's not their dance and maybe some part that they fell in love with. So even if it's difficult, it's worth sticking with because when you finally do it, you'll you'll feel that emotion they did when they first learned it from the person who did choreograph, uh, choreograph it. I'm just gonna name some names. Trevor Thornton, very positive in all his Facebook posts. Um, he is so good at focusing on the fun aspect of like come out to the bar tonight and you know, you'll get to do all these great dances and maybe we'll even have a surprise guest from such and such place dropping in. Um, Rachel, of course, very positive posts. Um, just recently I found out that she has like this newsletter, her email newsletter, and yeah, a lot of good, a lot of good in there. Um, Fred Whitehouse in his lesson. Oh my gosh, he, yeah, he's been nothing but positive and supportive of um, us learning all these dances. Mm. Anytime I've posted, okay, we've accomplished this one, I'll get some type of support from him. Mm. Like, I've never even met the guy. <laughs> and, yeah, I think that's just one of those ways that, like, the universe re- rewards good behavior, is that all the people who you would really hope would get to these known positions and have access to a ton of learning minds in front of them, those are, it, it just worked out that way that like the best people for the, that job got there and have stayed there. Oh yeah. Non-judgmental, non-divisive, super encouraging. Oh yeah, well I know um, when we went to LA, I, it was my first event, learning all of those kind of, you know, it's that structure of how they, they run events and how they have different lessons, and I had no idea what to expect, and I was just, you know, looking for fun, and I wanted a good, you know, experience, and that's when I went into it. It wasn't a, oh, I'm going to mess this up, I'm going to, you know, this isn't going to be fun, or anything like that. I went in with that fun, positive, like, whatever I get from this, it's going to be rewarding. And I know um, Joey Warren specifically, I was blown away by how he was instructing all these different dances and how encouraging he was and how much fun he was in his little stories and his side notes and 
he was really in tune with where people were struggling and he would reposition himself all over the floor for different areas of the dance just to kind of let everybody have that chance of success so you know it's I felt like going in with the positive attitude allowed me to get so much more positivity out of it couple other shout outs I, I feel like I should make here. <laughs> Roy is so comfortable with just being silly and having fun with his own dances. It, it gives you permission to like go deeper into just the playfulness of a dance. Like if any if you'd think if anybody was gonna take their own choreography seriously, it would be you know, the choreographer. Like well, I guess that's redundant. But, like, if anyone is going to try to stick to vanilla, you would think it would be the people who made it because that's how they made it. They spent all this time on making it that way, and now you'd think that's that's what they would want to do. But he'll teach it, vanilla, make sure everyone's on the same page. And then he'll just kind of go off on his own thing. He has as much fun with it as everybody else does. And that lets other people know it's not that serious. If I decide that... I'm going to do this thing. Well, he's doing it too. And this is his dance. So he, clearly he's okay with that. And Gary O'Reilly, just a sweetheart of a guy. Um, he, he and Linda McCormick sat down at the end of uh, Windy City this year. And we chatted line dance things. And there's just something about his demeanor. He just... I don't think I saw him frown, like, at all. Maybe I just wasn't looking or something, but, like, I don't think I saw him frown a single time during the entire event. He just looked so happy to be there. And he mentioned how, especially with the younger folks, there are, there are a lot of different roles that you might need to take on um, starting out. Like, you might not jump into it being an instructor or like a well-known choreographer. Sometimes the event might need a DJ. Sometimes there might need to be somebody who creates an event at all for an area. Like, just to be of service and to accept whatever your role is with a smile and keep the show going for everybody, that is one of those things that I think he, he is very adept at. Chris Watson in Australia, he's also very good at that, especially like from the behind the scenes. What the stuff that you think would be stressful as an event manager, like he takes it all on and he keeps it light, makes everybody want to go to his events. Next is number 62. There will be an end, but you can be prepared. One of the great sources of anxiety as we age, is that we will never get a chance to do that thing we always wanted to do, or to finish that project we were working on years ago, or to mend the fences that may have fallen into disrepair as our relationships evolved. Don't wait until the end of your life to figure out what you wished you had done. Think of those things now and do them. Makes me think of all the events that we're planning on going to. Oh yeah. And how... Now or never kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely a 
I've always wanted to do something along this lines, and so why not now? Yep. Before our bodies fall apart. Yeah. Or well, they still might. <laughs> and then some folks end up like getting married and raising families and all that, and they can't be out on the road for as long as they want traveling from continent to continent. We have the luxury right now of really doing whatever we can afford. Much. Yeah. Also, I was one of the things that came to mind for me was just leading up to Vegas. Like there will be a time when we are out of time preparing. Like we only have so many weeks and so many days before we show up and the song comes on and we either learned it or we didn't and I feel a lot better going into it now than if we hadn't prepared like let's say let's say we only went in knowing the ones that we did then just like the description says we might regret what we didn't do when we could have like we could have learned these earlier but we didn't and now everyone's going out there doing this thing that we can only stumble along with and maybe catch the last wall of. Instead, we we realize that the countdown clock will end on November 13th, and hopefully we will have gotten to do everything we wanted to do Yeah. with preparation. And enjoyed the process along the way, because one must not lose sight of that. Definitely, so far, the process has taught me enough about myself Mm. and my abilities and my determination, knowing that I have to hold myself accountable because sooner or later, it, you know, like you said, timers are going to be up. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm so glad that I. I know the ones I know, mm-hmm. and even if I struggle through some of them on the floor, I'm so grateful to have that basis mm-hmm. that I can at least be like, okay, I think I mostly know this one. I'm going to get out, and I'm going to do it anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if I didn't know it at all, I would have to sit out for at least a couple walls to kind of assess if it's one that I could pick up or not. Or if it's going to be one that's just absolutely insane. Some, you know, 122 counts or something like that. And even if you do get a part or two, then you don't know the structure. Yeah. And if you don't know the song, you don't know what's coming when. Exactly. So, knowing that I only have so much time to do this kind of inspires the seize the moment. Yeah, it's, it's been, like you were saying, you're learning about yourself during the process. Like, what we're doing, it, it kind of, like, redefines normal. Because before my normal, way back at the beginning, was the dance you learn this week is whatever they're teaching. That's just it. Like, you will just learn what they have decided at the venue, Mavericks or Kodiaks. Like, that's the dance you're going to learn now is whatever is on the calendar and you have no say in what's on the calendar you don't know that other dances exist that you could even request you only know what they have decided to bring to you 
And then you consider that normal. Like, this is how we learn dances. And then you start seeing the dance being done a bunch of times. And you want to learn it, but they're not they're not teaching it anytime soon. So you right. go on YouTube and say, well, I can learn, I can learn this myself. Moves like Jagger is being done by somebody on, on a, a video. I guess I'll try it. I mean, I don't have yeah. anyone holding my hand through it, but, and then that becomes normal as well. Like if you want to learn a dance, you got to do it yourself. Like there's only one lesson per night, maybe. And if it doesn't happen to be the one you want to know, you still got to learn it somehow. So go out and find a video or somebody on the dance team and just make it happen but even then the pace is slow to the point of I will go out and learn a dance that happens to be done at this bar that I go to regularly then you find out that there are these other bars and you start bringing those other dances to your home bar if you can if it's possible because it's very weird to think that other places do it differently. But when you, when you realize that they do, you want to you wanna just do all the ones that you like, even if they're not your home bar's normal dances. So you try to create a new normal by bringing them, learning them, bringing them in, and doing them with your friends. And normal changes so much. Like, when, when I started learning dances for Wine Country Line Dance, like... I would go to... It was kind of like starting over with Mavericks, where you see what's being played, and you think, okay, this is probably what they're going to play next month, for the most part. I'll learn some of these for the next time I'm here. And that's more than just one a week sometimes. Maybe it's a couple a week. What we're doing now is like three a day. <laughs> it's not <At> normal. <laughs> yeah, but like, you just kind of have to make it normal, and then afterwards you realize, wow, I pushed myself so much harder than I have brain-wise and body-wise so that I can make this thing happen that I really care about happening, which is doing them at Vegas. Yeah. And I think that's the kind of thing that'll probably happen at the end of our lives as well, is if, um, if we assess what we actually did when we were pushing ourselves, I think we'll, we'll look back and say, yeah, I did not... I did not really waste my time um, on this planet. I think I made a good use of it. I got things got things done. I was aware of the time that was running out, and I did something about it. Next one is, <clears throat> let's see, number 63. How we see the world is more important than how the world is. What is the shape of the world? What condition is it in? Scientists, philosophers, and kings could offer a never-ending debate on the question, but there is no real grade for the world apart from the one you assign it. Kind of like the be positive thing. Yeah. Where And also what we were saying earlier, where if you're looking for negative, you're going to find negative. Yeah. And regardless of what you know, the facts are, objectively, you can still spin things toward the positive. I think that's allowed. Find the positive. Find the way that it'll make things better for you in the future. Or find the way that you're going to make it better just because you've decided that you're going to. 
And that can be how the world is. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and to kind of go on that a little bit, you know, tonight we were talking about, you know, how our nights were and, you know, we both expressed, well, there were some ups, there were some downs. And I know that I can say, but all in all, it was a really good night. Even with the downs, you know, which I guess in that term would be negative. But it also allowed me to appreciate when things were going really good. Yep. Because I had that comparison, too. True. And so I was able to be like, yeah, no, I had an awesome time. So it's definitely one of those things where take your wins where you can get them and celebrate them. Yeah, one of the little linguistic things that you can do is determine where you put the but in a sentence when assessing how something went. You can say, well, yeah, they played a lot of really good good dances, but, man, there were so many people on the floor, or this part really dragged on. Or you can say, well, yeah, I mean, there were some parts where it dragged, and... There were some drunk people bumping into us. But, man, the song selection was great. Like, the where you put the butt determines which you consider to be more important. Because objectively, both of those things happened. And whichever one goes after the butt, that's the thing that you want to take away from the whole thing. And ideally, that'll be positives. Yes, there were some things that didn't go ideally, but here is some stuff that couldn't have happened if I had stayed home face down in a pillow and just thought about how the world should be. Yeah. Okay. Next one is number 64. Keep a pen and paper handy. People often feel frustrated that they can't remember a good idea they had last week or an interesting dream they had last night. Those who keep a notebook feel like they are more in control and are missing less. Oh, you're a perfect example of that. I agree. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily have a pen and paper, but I definitely have my phone in which I can jot down notes and thoughts and even text message somebody and be like, oh, remind me of this later because this is what I wanted, this is what I was thinking about. Um, as well as it's a perfect way for me to keep track of dances I want to learn that I'm when I, while I'm out and I see them dancing. I'm not going to remember what they were called later. Oh, it's a long night. It's lots of stuff. And it was like, wait, there was that, that, that one dance where they did this thing as opposed to, oh, you know, they did Harden Up Princess. That's the one I want to learn. Having that ability to write down or note something like that is definitely convenient and helpful. Some examples of my recent thoughts, because I just have blind dance thoughts every day. Without fail, without even asking for those thoughts. They just come. Um, let's see. So I was, I was watching... Uh, it was just sort of on in the background at one of my gigs. The morning news was on, and the newscasters were all sitting at their desk in front of a backdrop that looks like it's a window from the Marin Headlands out to San Francisco. And I thought, 
what if you had a backdrop that was like a planet, but not just any planet? Like, because usually it's you know some kind of city wherever the news is. What if it were more like like Coruscant or something, like in Star Wars, where the whole planet is a giant city? And what if that planet was a line dance planet? What would that be like? Like, what if what if there were daily news? on the state of line dance on line dance planet like what would society be like if we like we were saying you know giving people slack when they cut you off because you just treat everyone like they're a line dancer what if literally everybody was a line dancer on this line dance planet how would that affect society and customs and celebrations and clothing like so many aspects of life would be different from what we're used to on line dance planet and what would that do to the architecture if, if you did have that city backdrop? Would, would society revolve around dance floors and colored lights? Like, so much to think about with just that thought. So that, that was one of the thoughts in my, my list here. Uh, let's see. Oh, I would love to ask future podcast guests what the unwritten rules are of being in a line dance role like teacher or choreographer. Um... I think it would be interesting, another note on here, uh, to structure learning dances for an event like in a video game where you have a main quest and you have side quests. And there is you know, some incentive to get 100% completion and learn everything and do all the quests. Uh, but then there is also, as in some video games, storyline completion where as long as you hit all the major ones then you get to the end of the game and you can go back and do the other side quest just kind of for fun. So what if you made a game like that or structured the learning of your dances in, in that game-like fashion so that you hit Ain't Misbehavin' and that has like a whole Guitar Hero type story around it and cliche love song and then maybe there's like this special side trip up the mountain where you see... Joe, Joe Thompson, or like Max Perry, or Scott Blevins, or like one of, or Pedro Machado, like these major people in the line dance world. And that side, that side mission could be just like learning all their dances from, you know, back in the day. And then you rejoin like the main mission and you learn, uh, you know, the, some of the new big dances. And then if you want to, like you can meet one of the, the helper people, one of the up-and-coming people, and then, like, they're, they're like your, your, I don't know, on-the-streets kind of guide while you work your way up to, like, the top Fred Whitehouse dances, and so on. Like, that's another note in my list of notes here. And then, let's see, let me find one more. Uh, what would line dance puzzles look like if you were to create some kind of puzzle game involving line dance? Would it involve like missing pieces of a step sheet and then trying to figure out what are the pieces that are missing? Like if you started on this foot and then you, you know, four counts later you're on this foot, can you reconstruct how you got from here to there over the course of a few steps? Maybe it would be multiple choice like uh, like in you know those games, Gizmos and Gadgets, uh, as a as a kid in elementary school, like you put certain gears together and the machine works or it doesn't. Maybe it would function like that, where you can put together a sailor step and a weave, and 
if there are too many steps being offered, maybe you can put in a hold and then that gets you to exactly the next part in the machine. And I don't know, like there's so many possibilities for what a line dance puzzle game would look like. This was a note of many in my artificial pen and paper. Yeah. I've got pages of these. <laughs> Literally, print. you've seen them. Yeah. Tiny little print. Number 65, help the next person who needs some minor assistance. And the little print on this is, giving help is a win-win situation, so take the time to pay attention to your surroundings and offer the help that you can. It could be as simple as making a habit of holding the door open for the person coming in behind you, and it is a gesture of friendliness that makes another person feel better and makes you feel good about yourself. I feel like I've covered this one a lot already. Agreed. Any sum up that you have for it? Um, other than be humble and kind. <laughs> Help those in need. If they're struggling and you know the dance, offer to help. Um, there's been a couple times in which, you know, like, people forget the dance or how it goes or how it starts even. And so they're kind of winging it. Um, but they're still really unsure, and you know you can definitely get out on the floor and try and help them. I'm super grateful to the DJs at Chicago and um, some of the venues I've been at as well. I'm going to call out Jill Babinek especially for staying up till 6.30 on that final night and letting me pester her since there were more obscure dances toward the end of the night letting me pester her either every song or every other song to find out what were the names of these dances so that I could write them down for my giant list of course Louis St. George J.P. Potter also massively helpful in taking time out of their playlists and chatting with you know their friends who they only get to see at this event once a year um, they still took the time to just say oh it's this song that means it's this dance and then Louie even counted out for the one no 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 let's see no 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 not so was the name of one of them he said yeah. and he counted out all eight of the no's before the not so um it's, it's such a minor thing for them, I'm sure. Like, who is this guy asking me about dance things again? But it's so helpful for me because I would be completely in the dark. I could not identify these dances by just sight alone. If I've never seen them before. So I really appreciate that they, they did that thing that for them might just be like, oh yeah, of course it's this one. That made a big impact on me. Number 66, take care not to harshly criticize family and friends. We rely on those closest to us for support. We can accept critical words from those who are not close to us because we can believe they reflect a lack of knowledge about us rather than an actual flaw in us. From our friends and family, however, critical words cut deeply. Try to avoid fixing your friends and family. Love them for who they are. If you must say something negative, always be constructive. Make your criticism reflect your love and respect, not your disappointment covered this one 
as well. To some extent, as well. Yeah. Um, it's definitely something where if you have a concern, you can definitely express said concern, but you don't need to be mean about it by any means. Um, yeah, I mean, to sum it up, would you have anything to Yeah, add I guess on? One, one thing that we haven't mentioned is the idea of like condescension superiority, patronizing, because you have knowledge somebody else doesn't. Like, if if you think that something for you is common sense, and that's why you're doing it the way you're doing it, and that's why they should do it that way too, like, realize that they're coming from this completely fresh, completely beginner's mind. If they're in earnest trying to do their best whatever it is that their thing might be whether it's just to enjoy themselves to let go more to be more technically sound um, to express themselves more openly and not just keep their feelings behind this like really serious looking face like find out what it is that matters to them and help them get there without making it seem like how do they not know this? Like, it might not seem like it's criticizing and maybe it gives you a little boost, but for them, it'll detract for their, from their experience. Yeah. Um, definitely along those same lines too can be encouraging as opposed to discouraging um, be you know supportive it's all in that same concept of treat others how you want to be treated um, I know you said it I believe in the last time we went through the book um, and it really resonated with me when you said talk to people and when you are talking to them think about is this something you would want to hear right and that made me really think about some of the stuff I say too with my friends and um, you know my specifically my dance friends too and it goes am I really as supporting as I think I am and sometimes I'll look back and be like ooh yeah I really didn't need to say it like that there is definitely a better way that that could have been expressed um for sure and yeah so like sometimes you think you're doing it for them but really you're just saying it so that people know that you know this thing yeah and you want you need them to know that too yeah and I mean I've kind of gotten even tonight I caught myself present in a conversation and I was like well at least they're having fun yeah. And that was my response. And that kind of just shut down the conversation because I was like, I don't, I need, we don't need to go there. Yeah. They're having fun out there. Let them have fun. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, we're all here to dance. We're all here to enjoy ourselves. There's no reason to critique someone else. Yeah. So unless they're specifically asking for your opinion need to give it. I'm happy you made that choice. <laughs> Make it.
Number 67, some people like the big picture and others like the details. When you look at a restaurant bill, you can eye the total due or you can focus on each item listed. Life is the same way. You can think in terms of the totality of what you have accomplished or you can think in terms of the momentary episodes of your life. Adopt the focus that makes you feel more satisfied. If you think things turned out all right, even though there were bumps in the road, think big picture. If you're not sure how it will turn out, but you know that your life has been marked with moments of great happiness and pleasure, then focus on the details. It's got a lot of applicability. What comes to mind for you first? Uh, I got through that dance. Even if there were stumble points here and there. I at least made it through. Or if you're sick one night and you're not sure if you're going to survive the evening, but you're just going to sweat out that sickness, then again, you can say, I survived the night. Even if some of the dances, I don't remember the fourth of the three quarters of it, like, or the fourth of four quarters of it, like, you made it through the night. You can go home knowing that you gave it your all. Um, Also, in teaching... Sometimes people want to know each step along the way and then build upon it before they get to the end. Others want to see the whole dance done, know where they're going, and then fill in, in broad strokes, the general movements that will get them there, and then dot in the tiny little details like arm movements and things like that after they've learned all the footwork. Other people want to know, I know I got these first four counts. I know nothing else about the rest of this dance or how it's going to go, but I know that I know these first four counts, every bit of them, like the footwork, the handwork, everything. Now I can move on to counts five through eight. Yeah. I mean, I know I definitely, me specifically, I love seeing i.e. the big picture, the whole dance, and then as I'm going through to learn it, I like seeing the eight count to know, okay, this is what I'm going to be going over, and then I like breaking it down after that and being like, okay, where do I put my foot, where do I step, where do I move my arm, Where, which direction am I going, um, but because I've seen not only the full dance, but that eight count, I kind of have that prepared idea that, okay, well, this section has a turn in it, so I know at some point I'm going to need to be aware of where my weight is for sure, you know, stuff like that, so I like everything from the big picture down to the tiny detail, it just depends on the dance, Mm -hmm. honestly. Number 68, (laughs) do things you're good at. We need to feel competent. Take on responsibilities in areas in which you excel, whether it's cooking, gardening, or accounting, and ask for help when you are struggling. I feel like this one's almost like self-explanatory. Yeah, kind of feel that. Um, Oh, okay. Well, to get more specific, if there are dances that you are trying to learn and they're really tough for you, and you're not even sure that you did it correctly, even when you did it at full speed, put on something you know that you know. And then just blast through it and get cocky if you're the only person in the room. Just be like, yeah, I can do whatever I want with this one. I know this one backwards and forwards. And that'll give you the confidence 
to start another new one that you don't know at all because you can remind yourself, I might eventually get to the point with this brand new dance that I am at with this other dance that I've been doing for the last five years. Yeah, that's a huge one. As well as if you're struggling in the middle of a dance, taking that breather and putting on something you know. Yep. Get your mind out of it in the, I'm incapable of doing this for whatever reason mm-hmm. mode. You're like, okay, now that I got that, I know I have this dance, now I'm going to take on this one. As an instructor, also, if there are ways that you know you've been effective in teaching and those ways aren't necessarily conventional, maybe try to learn the the ways that are unconventional to you just to be a more well-rounded instructor. But if you know something works because of some shortcut or trick you've developed for it that doesn't lead people down like a dangerous path, go ahead and teach that way. Like if you need to make sound effects, if you need a beatbox, that's fine. Like if you're good at doing that and you're not gonna throw people off rhythm, then absolutely just get them to where they need to be by whatever means necessary. And if it's if it's some little thing that helps you remember a step because it comes after this other step, then let other people in on that as well. Like maybe there's something that is unique to the path that has taken you to the place you're currently at. Like. Maybe you think about things in terms of physics and the way that certain things connect. You know, this movement goes into this movement. Or maybe you think of things more lyrically. So you tell people, look up the words to this song and you'll see how this part makes sense here. Like, whatever it is for you, if if you know it is something that makes you feel better dancing it, then teach that way to others. Yeah. Also, while it's it's very um, valuable to experiment with styles, if you don't feel confident that you are putting out the best to your abilities, sort of a dance, like as a choreographer, that um, that you could maybe wait on releasing that dance a little while, and then. Let's say, like, for example, if you come from a hip-hop background and you don't know the first thing about ballroom, go ahead and and release your hip-hop-focused dance. Put more time into your ballroom ones, and when you've learned more fundamentals of that and you feel comfortable releasing that because now you feel like you're going to make people's movements feel more natural with what you've created for them, then that's a, a good time to unleash it upon the world in in keeping with the spirit of do what you're good at there's definitely that as well as if you go into the technique certain people have different styles and different techniques and different movements um, that you know for instance if you're trying to challenge yourself and broaden yourself a little bit um you know, you can go to, for instance, your friend who's more of a hip-hop person or your friend who's more ballroom if you're trying to accomplish something and ask them for help if that's their gift, if that's their thing that they're good at mm-hmm. so that it can help you get better. All right. 
Number 69, go visit your neighbor. And we actually have just parked in front of my neighbor's house, <laughs> having arrived back in Sonoma County. We no longer live in a time when people know all their neighbors and consider them to be friends. A shocking number of people have never had a conversation with their neighbors, and some couldn't pick them out of a lineup. Introduce yourself or invite your neighbor over for coffee. Neighbors are not only a great potential source of friendship, they make us feel more comfortable in our homes, which is where most of us spend our time. Well, if you're looking at it from a soul line dance perspective, which is what we are doing, mm -hmm. it's very easy to walk up to someone and say hello. Mm -hmm. It's not as complicated as you may think. It's not as... Um, I guess they're all there for the same reason. We all want to dance. We all want to have a good time. We all want to enjoy ourselves. Um, and going out to these places, you're among friends already. You just need to learn their names. So. When you started to say a, a line dance perspective, I started thinking of Southern California. Because... They are our neighbors in California. They are. And by going to visit them, you can see what they've been up to lately. And you can bring what's been happening in Northern California. And then maybe together you can go to your other neighbor, Nevada, for there Las Vegas go. Dance Explosion. And then the California-Nevada relationship can be strengthened as well. Yeah, absolutely. And then every neighbor connects to another one. Maybe eventually we'll get up to one of the Canada events, and uh, yeah, we'll all just kind of treat each other like dance neighbors. Yeah, absolutely. All right, to end on a, a round number for tonight, number 70 is a very short one. Smile. Your smile makes other people happy, which in turn makes you happy. Huge in dancing. Mm -hmm. When you see someone having a good time and smiling and laughing on that dance floor, it just makes it that much more enjoyable for everyone mm -hmm. and if you're smiling generally speaking you're not taking yourself so serious mm -hmm. and I know we've talked about it before with like would much rather see so many people doing different things and smiling enjoying themselves than the same you know 10 people doing the same exact thing and look absolutely miserable mm -hmm. um doesn't really appeal to those who don't know the dance that they want to learn the dance if it looks like nobody's having fun mm -hmm. versus if everybody's having an absolute blast you're like i need to be a part of this dance mm-hmm yeah, and I've I've found that when people are smiling, I want to go up to them and just say like, "Wow, like you where do you come from? Like you look like you're, you know, having such a good time with that one. Like where did you learn that originally? Like I don't think I've seen you here before." And I think I kind of put that out as well when people see me doing what it is I do out there. It lets people know it's okay to talk to me. Like who knows how many you know, friends or acquaintances I might have missed out on if I was looking like too intense or like I was like staring at the floor because I didn't want anyone to see me. Like by just kind of doing my thing, then you know people 
people know that I'm not scary. I'm not going to bark at them or something if they decide they want to say hi and and talk to me in the way that I've talked to other people who looked like they were enjoying themselves. Yep. Also, oh my goodness, as an instructor, it's very important to do the same thing because it puts your students at ease and they don't think you're going to be disappointed in them if they don't get this dance. Like they they might feel like they're letting you down especially if it's your choreography that you're teaching and, and if they if they look like they're gritted and they just need to get through this lesson then the students are are going to feel like they're doing something wrong even if they're not sure what it is yeah no there's definitely truth in that yeah cuz i definitely know with all the different lessons that i've taken over the years and years of dance the ones that are most memorable are the ones where the instructors were having just as much fun and smiling and really engaged that way. Mm-hmm. So. Also, if you're in an event and in the, uh, it, let's say, you know, people know you or recognize you and you're walking down a hallway and they're walking in an opposite direction. If your face is just kind of in like, neutral I'm thinking about my bank account mode and they are walking past you and they smile and you realize it and and you're trying to piece who is that person while your face is still in this mode now they're like six steps behind you you're still walking the direction you were walking in and they think that you don't like them or you don't remember them or some other unfortunate thing you don't always have time to like turn back around and you know set the record straight with people that you, you know, really wish that could have been a positive interaction with. But um, if you are just present, you're happy to be at the event, you're open to everything and anything that comes your way, and you're just walking around with a smile, then if somebody does come up to you and surprise you and you need to react in like a second, better to start from, oh, yes person (laughs) rather than what who did oh oh you're that person then they feel like you know they feel more like they come quickly to your mind if you're already smiling yeah and you know us with our aging minds like our memories are not what they used to be (laughs) especially with what we put them through the last couple weeks yes so you know, hopefully people will be forgiving when we get to Vegas if if they see us from like I don't know Facebook posts or YouTube videos or whatnot like just going into everything positively as one of the other secrets has said and you know yep. having having a smile on your face just lets everybody know we're we're happy to be here we're happy to talk to anybody and uh, yeah we're all here for the same reasons yeah exactly. All right, well, we've got 30 to go, perhaps for another trip to Stoney's or the Grad or Broken Spoke or Saddle Rack or anywhere else in Northern California, maybe even some surprise trip to SoCal. Who knows? We've got 30 more to go, and I'm looking forward to all 30 of them. Thank you for driving tonight Oh yeah. and uh, sitting down chatting about the 100 Simple Secrets of Happy People by David Niven. PhD. Thank you to our listeners as well for for sticking with us this whole time. Yes, definitely. Any closing thoughts for you? Um, I feel like I'm doing things right. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I think that might be the case for myself as well. Yeah. If I'm able to have all these secrets and be able to apply them to something I love as much as line dance, I think I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. And then maybe one of these days we'll figure out the one about get enough sleep. It is now 3.40 in the morning. Eh. Eh. Sleep when I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's Sunday tomorrow slash today. Can... For you. Oh, yeah. you. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again for everybody who's been part of this experience. Uh, we'll catch you next time.